What's up, people? Welcome to a brand new episode of Wrestle Update. I'm your host, Dylan Fox. As always, joined by my good friend, Nella De Angelis. Back again for another episode, a bit of an unexpected one. Or it was expected because we talked about it in the last episode. But we, we, fe- we followed through. We're doing it. <laughs> we are here. We watched everything. This is a TV week right now. You know, this is a a little bit of a new form for us. Uh, And it was thanks to uh, WWE decided to make all of these TV pay-per-view shows, uh, put them all at the start of the year to kick things off. Were they pay-per-view quality? We will talk about that (laughs) going forward. (laughs) Uh, We do also we did also watch the follow up uh, to the World's End show, which was our last show that we did. Uh, I, a lot of people uh, tuned into that, and hopefully everybody enjoyed our show then. Uh, so we got a little bit of everything here. So this is WWE. We we got a lot of that. Got a bit of AEW to talk about, too. Uh, you know, Nello, we always talk about it. You are somebody who has admitted on the show and, and, and always said that you are not really a regular TV watcher when it comes to wrestling. Whether you're too busy, maybe you just tuned in before and you were like, oh, this sucks. Like, for whatever reason... Uh, you you didn't tune in a lot, but this week you did. How did it feel? How, how, what were your overall thoughts going into it uh, and coming out of it? Yeah, I mean, I would say that my excitement was definitely heightened by the fact that I just get to talk about it with you afterwards. Um, but I, I was pretty excited overall. Like, it's a new year. I, you know, want to try and give the companies a chance, see what I'm into. You know, this week is definitely like, them sort of presenting like their buffet for the year in a way right um or at least that's definitely how wwe especially pitched it um and you know uh, there was a lot of good there was a lot of bad but um just to watch everything this week dude there's so much wrestling on now i really can't believe it i you know i didn't watch roh or impact thursday night but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, there is a lot. I even watched Rampage last night for whatever reason. But um and now we have Collision tonight. So I, I don't know, man. Like I honestly for me, the only thing that I missed this past week was I wish there was an impact television show. I know they're doing Hard to Kill, I believe, next weekend, which is like the whole TNA rebrand. So yeah, I'm TNA excited for is that. Back. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And then Ring of Honor, sadly, didn't really feel like a big New Year show. There was a really yeah. fun main event. Um, you know, if you like green, watching Gringo Loco do crazy shit, that main event is for you. Uh, Kyle Fletcher, first ROH title defense against Willie Mech, which was cool. And then um, they continued the Mercedes and Diamante versus Layla and um, Rachel Ellering feud. So... For all the Diamante heads out there, Dylan. Yes. Uh, yeah, those are pretty much the the notable things from there. But dude, it, it was fun. It was really fun. Yeah, a shout out Diamante. I, I love that girl. Great wrestler, way underrated. Uh, we will talk about her on the award show, which is finally coming. Uh, the most anticipated award show of my life, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that we have and all of these will be mentioned too by the way uh the the best and worst of award shows will feature multiple companies it won't just be wwe and aew uh tna will get their spots i you know we will talk a little bit about them we got some other companies we're going to talk about uh we want to give a spotlight to as many as possible and maybe on the worst ones also spotlight to some things as well uh that we will get into 
But uh, yeah, really cool to see TNA coming back. Uh, you know, I have a lot of nostalgia for that. Impact, it's just kind of funny to me. It's more comedy because it took everybody so long to stop calling Impact TNA. And then I think when they finally stopped, they're now going back to being, being TNA. Uh, so they clearly just want to confuse everyone. And, and that is their plan to, to grow. Uh, they've promised a huge signing uh, coming in. I don't know who that is or, or what that means. Uh, we, we will see what this supposed big name will bring to the table. Nobody knows. But hey, who who would be the free agents right now that are available? Like, do you think we could see a, a Dolph maybe? Because something something that's that's interesting now as well, right, is that we're seeing people like, God, I hate that he's the example. But for instance, Matt Riddle, MLW signed North America, New Japan, you know, supposedly in Japan. So, you know, people being able to sign to a North American company as well as a Japanese one. So I don't know. My, I feel like my mind sort of maybe goes to like a Dolph Ziggler almost. That seems what realistic. You, uh, you know, like the big guys are all the ones that got released uh, in that big period where it was like Dolph, Ali, Shelton, uh, those guys uh, coming in. Maybe it'll be one of them on, on there. I think that could be in. I think the dream is uh, Mercedes would be the biggest possible name you could bring in. Uh, and they and it's been said, it's been rumored that they have seven figure deal, a deal for somebody. Uh, they tried to give it to Osprey, yep. but Osprey turned it down. And they've still got all of this money that they wanted to give somebody to come to Impact, and nobody's nobody's bit yet. But Mercedes could be that kind of person that you look at. The problem with her, I mean, just like going into Dynamite, half the people were expecting her to show up on Dynamite this week. It's been rumored that she would go to AEW, and then that was that went cold. Then it looks like she was going to WWE, and that went cold. And now she's back at AEW, but that still hasn't happened yet. So nobody knows. Like, you know, it's crazy. Seeing her journey is so goofy when you look at the reporters. It's like every week she's confirmed to a new place or, or like 99% for sure coming. But then she just hangs out and does her own thing. And we'll see what choice she makes uh, in there. But may, that would be like the biggest name if you have the dream and you just say, look, we're giving you all this money. Please come to us and be our top star. I think that's that would be the person you could get if you had a dream pick would be Mercedes. Unless you count the South Korean fans uh, who <laughs> dominated her for a worst female wrestler. Dude, that was that list you sent me was hella funny. It was it was yeah, it was awesome. I we, they fucking hate Solo Sokoa. Yeah, so, solo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they poor solo. Out solo. <laughs> It was all bloodline almost like so <laughs> briefly to do this tangent. There was a list posted on Reddit that was uh, brought to us by the South Korean uh, wrestling fans. They have their own like almost website for wrestling and they had like a thousand voters or something. I, I don't know the exact number, but it was the South Korean perspective on things. And all of the worst of awards was like 90% bloodline. And, and a lot of it, and 90% of that was solo. Uh, they hated on. And then AEW got like all the, the negative company awards. So they hate bloodline and AEW. Uh, and they even gave Mercedes a down vote for female wrestler, worst female wrestler. So the, they also, for best booker, they're, I think Tony Khan won worst booker. 
And yeah. then for best booker, he was not even nominated. It was only Triple H and Shawn Michaels, and they were like ten <laughs> votes apart. Which yeah. to me, I don't know why that made me fucking laugh so. It was hard. awesome. Like, it just, <laughs> I so. love it. Different perspectives, folks, uh, coming in there. But to the Americans, at least, Mercedes would get a positive reaction. <laughs> I would say. Is there anyone in particular you're hoping it is like? That you would love to see an impact oh, like for me, Mercedes, my only thing is like I, we we can sort of assume, right, that Trinity is leaving. I think it's been yeah, yeah. that her contract is up, you know, um, but it, it, it would be very sad if Trinity leaves and Mercedes comes in only because I would have loved to have seen them cross paths um, yeah. outside of WWE. Uh, yeah. But, you know, dude, Mercedes versus if we are talking about women's divisions here, um, you know. Impact is booked much more consistently and better. I think Mercedes versus Masha, Killer Kelly, Jordan yeah. Grace. Like, dude, th- this is the throw around fucking hit you in the face division. So that could be very cool. And, you know, with Mercedes in AEW right now as well, it's where do you slot her in? Because it's like Tony right now is it feels like she's that type of champion that you can't take out of this spot for a while yeah so no i agree with that and i mean we'll talk about when we get to dynamite they did bring in another new person uh uh, this week and and not to mention the debut of mariah so they're adding people when it comes to AEW, you have to at least give them that that uh, they're trying to add in new people to the division try to inject some new life into it uh i think if you look at the divisions like AEW has talent. They just haven't used them to their, you know, you know, the best capacity they could have, uh, which could be good more proof for our Korean folks out there who who gave Tony Khan his worst booker. If you were to point out a flaw with Tony, I think it has to be the booking of the women's division, uh, you know, just in terms of actual booking uh, and the devil, which we will definitely talk about the follow the follow up to that that came about uh, in there. But, hey, speaking of women's division, let's get right into it. The first show of the week was day one, Raw. Uh, you know, special episode here. Like you said, I, I think ideally you would want these to be the tone setters for the year. Well, maybe not the other two. You, the other, you know, some of the others you might want to just forget that they happened. Uh, but ideally they were the tone sec- uh, setters for the year. Uh, came to us from the, the Pachanga Arena from San Diego. What's Pachanga? Let's look it up. Yeah, that's right. Let we this is this is breaking news, folks. Ah, it's the casino. Oh, okay. Okay, I, I can get behind that. Uh, have you ever been to a casino before? Uh, yes. I I went to Jimmy Lloyd's birthday in Vegas last February. Happy birthday at that time. <laughs> Happy uh, early birthday, Jimmy. <laughs> yes, we're almost there again this year. Uh, but you went there. You could have gone to the Pachanga Arena. And instead of going to the casino, you saw this wrestling show that came out. Um, yeah. So with that said, uh, just in terms of general things here, before we get to the, the breakdown of the show, what did you think of the production and the commentary here? Because it was a little different than the pay-per-view. This is like, you know, I don't think Wade's been on the, the pay-per-views, actually. I, he's, it's normally Graves and Cole, right? Yeah. Um. Yes, I believe it is always Graves and Cole. Um, 
Yeah, so I think what's his name? Kevin Patrick. I got to hear for the first time. All the guys with the yeah. accents I haven't heard yet. So WWE, what do you have against the British? Um, I thought we was fine, man. Like him and Cole have a good rapport. Um, he, you know, he feels like he plays that generic sort of heel commentator at times, but it yeah. never became grading for me, kind of like Graves can or did back in the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought they were good. Like, dude, the whole atmosphere and everything for this show was crazy. Like production yeah. wise, you know, it, this, I think this felt like the biggest show of the week by far. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it, it was the one that had the world title match on it. So it should ideally be the, the biggest show, but they did do a good job. And the fans, I mean, this was a pretty hot crowd too. in San Diego here. Um, I like Wade, to be honest with you, of all the WWE commentators, uh, I think he is one of the best. Vic Joseph is is good as well on NXT, but and Booker is like funny, like he's entertaining. I wouldn't say he's technically a great commentator, but he's very amusing to listen to. Uh, Wade, I really like though. He's not over the top, you know, or overbearing like Graves to me. I I don't like very much, and we'll talk about that yeah. on SmackDown. Uh, but Wade, I think did a good job uh, throughout. You know, he was calling back when they. Uh, you know, in the main event, there was a spot where Drew hit the white noise on Seth, and they were like, uh, Cole was like, yeah, that's Sheamus' move, like his old buddy. And Wade was like, well, he's felt that so many times from Big Shamo that he used it here. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, like that's, you know, that was, that was fun. I liked it. Uh, I like Wade. Um, and I liked him too. <laughs> I liked the opening of the show too, uh, where they had them in the ring actually. Uh, and they were like, yeah, this is a big show. Like we've got all the, you've got the big title match. We've got these big matches. Just that little thing, that little like literally minute or two that they added at the start of the show, made the whole show feel a lot bigger than a normal Raw with them just running it down in the ring. Because normally they'd be like, you know, the show would just start off and Nia Jackson's move music would hit and we just go right into the match. And instead, they actually gave this little bit of effort to make it feel bigger. So I really like that production technique <laughs> that they use there. Post Kevin Dunn world baby. That's right, KD gone out of here. Uh, and it was probably one of the best things <laughs> that they could have done. Uh, he's gone forever. Hopefully, we don't see him again in any wrestling company. Um, but yeah, we went right to a video hyping Becky and Nia. The whole story of this match was uh, Nia uh, broke her nose five years ago, and that somehow made and while it, it's true like it did that was a legendary moment that made her a huge star to be fair or helped bring her along it didn't make her she made herself obviously but uh it was a legendary moment and naya took credit for it saying hey you wouldn't be shit without me <laughs> pretty much like i you only did it because i broke your face and becky's like yeah you did break my face but i also made a vivid wrestlemania while you got fired after and i was like well i'm not fired anymore and so that was the story of this match and they played into it a bit um, with a little bit of juice involved here uh, at, at the end as well. So there was some blood, not in the nose like it was before. And so they started off, and I thought this was, like, way better than I thought it would be, personally. Uh, Naya, to me, is not a good worker, and, and not just to me, to a lot of people. We all know that. But Becky really, she proved that, hey, she is, like, the pillar of this division, which she did a lot last year too. She had matches with people who hadn't been doing anything, had no real push to them. People like Zia Lee, 
who I like a lot, my girl, Zaya. Shout out to her. Uh, Tegan Knox, uh, she brought in. Lyra, she put over. So she was wrestling all these new people and getting the most out of them. And that continued here in January. And then, uh, as well, Nia ended up getting a clean win, uh, you know, with the Annihilator, which is the, uh, the bonsai drop. Uh, you know, she hit that. And the crowd was super into this by the end, too. Uh, and they did a deal where Becky... Uh, she went for the super rock bottom, but Nia countered that into the Samoa drop from the middle rope, which looked great. Uh, and she kicked out of that, so then she hit the big move with the bonsai drop at the end. Uh, I thought this was like totally well done, and it gives us an easy match, uh, like a rematch in the future for Becky to get her win back. So I think it was a good booking decision, uh, and I thought the match was way better than I thought for a Nia match. What about you? Yeah, New Year, um, day one, I can already acknowledge that I'm a changed person because this was a good match. <laughs> it's one of those things where like when it started, I was like, God, it's how I'm kicking off my ear, man. I, yeah. I really would give this like a solid three and a half, which is huge for a match. Um, yeah. I thought Becky worked her ass off. Totally. The match was super, super well laid out. Tons of false finishes, um, like the Samoan drop off the top rope. Um, just, Lots of great high spots. Um, it's nice to give Becky a hill to climb um, going towards Mania. Uh, yeah. You know, I'll talk about it, you know, more in the the best of awards show. But she had a really great year for it being as almost inconsistent and strange as it was. Um, she had a very great year um, working with everyone and anyone really like it, it's a hell of a spread. But um, yeah, dude, this this was good, and I still can't believe it. Uh, yeah, and uh, at the end, Becky was bleeding. Uh, so we got a little blood to start off earlier in the year. You don't expect that from WWE, uh, let alone the women's division. But Becky was the one to do it. Uh, they tried to call back to the spot from five years ago where she broke her nose. Uh, instead, yeah. it was the mouth that had the blood uh, on it this time. But I thought it was good, like really well done. You could totally see Nia going for a, a title shot uh, over Ripley, uh, and then you could kind of ring this back around to like maybe Becky getting a pin at Elimination Chamber because I think WrestleMania is destined to be Ripley versus Becky, uh, and that's when you see Becky get her crowning moment once again. Because like you said, last year was kind of like if if WWE were a baseball team, it was like them putting their best player, but using him as the utility guy, like you like playing him all over the field instead of putting him as a star, like the cleanup spot. Becky was used as the utility player going up and down, helping NXT, which she did bring in big ratings when she went in there, popped uh, the ratings for NXT, <laughs> put new people over, tried to do the best she could, cut good promos up and down, had a great feud with Trish <laughs> that I was a huge fan of. Uh, and we have a lot of good things for her. So great stuff there. Naya, I, I'm still not a fan of hers, but this was much better than expected. We got to give her props, and the, the inmates did too. They gave her a 7.17 rating, which I think is totally fair. I'm like you. I'd give this three and a half. Yep. It it was good, and I still can't believe it. <laughs> like yes. it, it, I had fun. I bit on the false finishes. I think that to kick off the new year, have Becky Lynch in the match, it automatically sets up a story and a path for her heading into the Rumble and Mania. Um, Rhea and Becky seems like the good call. Rhea, 
looking back after this year, should she lose the belt at Mania? We could say, you know, she was a champion for a year, but dude, I don't, I think, I don't think this title has done anything for her. No, that not her at all. Character and position on the show just haven't already done inherently, you know. Yeah, it's good for her that she's like the boss of a faction and the most pushed one in the company in a lot of ways. You know, the bloodline, they're at the level because of Roman, but they're not on TV. They don't get as much TV time as the Judgment Day does. So it's good for her. But like you said, the title, it really isn't part of her story. This title reign hasn't been good at all, in my opinion. Uh, she's kind of like the opposite of Becky. Like nothing. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But for the most part, she hasn't really been like elevating anybody else and the title hasn't elevated her it's more so just her being her in her role that's helped her which is still good for her but the title could use a, sh- a shake-up in my opinion um because I, I don't think anything changes with Rhea outside of the title or outside of yeah when she loses the title her character doesn't change at all you know so yeah which is good for them they go to nakamura and cody again where they have a little promo uh, they talk about nakamura's uh, american nightmare before christmas uh, <laughs> before the christmas show and cody was basically saying like you know i don't care about what you said about me and everything but i'm just ready for this to be over you know i'm sick of the poison mist and let's just let's just end this already and nakamura shows up on the screen again and he basically says that he's going to come for him next week. Uh, you know, like, we'll fight on my time type of deal. Then he missed the camera, like, with the, the red mist. Uh, very unhygienic here. I did like that, how they, they put the little screen in front of the camera and he hit the mist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for the match. Uh, you know, I still am. God. A huge Cody, Cody Rhodes fan. <laughs> oh no (laughs) he's well he's one of those guys where i'm like man you seem like a good person but i just can't get into anything he does he's um he's kind of like a marvel movie right where i acknowledge he is a hero that people believe in uh you know he seems to really get over but like he still has not like God, I was going to say penetrated me yet, but like hit me in a meaningful place. You know what I'm saying? Like I still have not gotten that connection with him. Um, he hasn't touched your heart yet. He has not touched. That's a much better way of putting that. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wrestle I'm not judging. 2024. Um, and, I'm not uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I don't know. I, I'm excited for the match. Like it's, it's really exciting to see Nakamura now in this position, at least, you know, um, like I like the, the character work that they've both been doing in this, at least, uh, the anime stuff is really cool, very yeah. different. And I, it's a big, um, change in the sort of, you know, quote unquote Hunter regime where we're seeing non English speakers being able to still cut promos and, you know, share their personality and develop characters through um, Japanese, Spanish, you know, other languages now, which is fucking cool because this is a show where you literally tape promos before and there's literally no reason why you can't subtitle things. And in, in 2024 as well, where accessibility is such a necessary thing in society, like subtitle everything, man. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> that, t- that's totally pre- agree. That's pre-taped. That's pre-taped. Um, but yeah. Is this yeah, match t- happening next week? 
Yep, they said it'll be next week. Very cool. Yeah, and they good, did a good. match before the end of the year, but it ended with the mist. Like you know, Nakamura hit him with the mist, so that ended the match. Did he pin him after? Or was it just a DQ? No, it was a DQ. The ref was like, "No." So lame. Yeah, yeah, very, very <laughs> lame finish. This one will probably have a clean one though. Um, they want, I get it, because they need Cody in the Rumble as a part of the story, so you wouldn't have them have the match on the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I get why they're doing this. Then Nakamura is doing some of the best work of his career. Just a great presence. Like, you know, this guy who looks like a psychopath, like in every one of his promos. Uh, and he's like you said, the subtitles do great. The the anime, the anime stuff is so freaking good. Uh, like and I think that it's done a great job. Love the feud, like and more particularly his parts of the feud with Seth. And he's done a great job here too. Cody. He's there, you know, they're top baby face like very prototype style you know like everything you want they have he's not like there's no he's totally glossy though there's no roughness around his edges so i can see why it could come across like kind of not as genuine as you would want it to be um mamaw when she watched she always calls him superman because and the reason why is not because of what you said which is also true but because if you look at him no matter what happens at any point in any of his matches, you will never see his hair go out of place. His hair <laughs> stays perfectly symmetrical no matter what. And I, I would advise you if you watch any more, the next time you watch a Cody match, look at his hair before and look at it after. It will be the exact same. I promise. He um, He's like, anytime I see Cody Rhodes, I just want to watch Zack Sabre Jr., you know? <laughs> well, that's a totally different uh, player. <laughs> the British nightmare. Blonde crew cuts, you know. So yeah. <laughs> it's funny because Cody looks like such a fucking villain all the time, man. Like I can't think of anyone who looks like more of a heel than Cody Rhodes with like his Homelander get up. And this has been said a million times, so I don't need to. But yeah, yeah. I think it's still that just sort of like weird disconnect for me, where I'm like, I don't know. It's just ah. I need it. I need a change because I would say that since AEW and he's come to WWE, I still have not gotten any evolution with that character. Um, yeah, he's basically the same. Like, dusty promos, same fucking entrance, same exact music. Whatever. Uh, but but so. what you're what you're missing is is that on his entrance you can go whoa, and all the crowd likes to do that. Oh, is that the new feature? Uh, yeah, yeah, they all they all go like whatever because that's part of his theme song where it gets to that part. They all do it. Like he got a huge, he always gets a huge pop for that, uh, that part of his song in particular. Um, that's cool. But yeah, yeah, Kingdom still still hanging in there. Also from AEW as, as well. Uh, and uh, the number one song for the Korean uh, vote as well, the best entrance theme. But uh, we will pick our best theme songs in the awards next week for us as well. I don't know if this one will win, though. <laughs> Kingdom. But we'll see. Uh, Kofi Kingston, Jey Uso taking on Imperium. I don't like how they've just like totally not uh, not addressed where Woods is. You know, his normal partner. Woods hasn't been here for the last week or two, and they there was no real explanation. that, that I, Maybe I missed it on commentary, but him and Jay, this was built up last week. No need to talk about the match because it ended really early because of a scary situation with Vinci. Um, Vinci came off the top and Kofi tried to hit a drop kick, but uh, it seemed to catch him some way. 
And hey, I got to give WWE some credit here. Uh, it wasn't like, you know, because you could, we've seen situations like this happen before in WWE and even in AEW, uh, you know, over the years where somebody could get their bell rung, you know, have a concussion of some sort. And, and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Uh, but he was laid out. And it was like immediately, like no, no bull crap. Like we're not gonna, you're like, oh, maybe Kaiser can finish the match. Nope. Like they rang the bell right away and said, nope, this match is over. Like, like he's not, nope. And they stopped it. The doctor came in. It was really, like you didn't even know what was happening. Everybody looked confused, and uh, it was a very real life situation. But I have to praise them. They didn't take any chances with this. Like they made sure to end the match, and uh, that was it. Yeah, very unfortunate uh, situation with a very responsible uh, reaction. And, you know, that that hopefully a trendsetter for 2024 as well, because we've seen a lot of that happen in the past year. Absolutely. It does look like he's OK as well. So good, good news for Vinci. Uh, Vinci, very talented guy. <laughs> I love Kaiser a lot. And, you you know, who knows where this will go uh, going forward? Uh, I think you have a lot of good things uh, ahead of the, them, uh, you know, going forward. Because I think Imperium, they've always been on shaky ground the last few months where Gunther's pissed at one guy, then he's pissed at the other guy, and then he's pissed at both of them, and then he likes them again. It's kind of like the never-ending circle of Imperium. Like, he'll be pissed at Kaiser for a week, and then he'll be pissed at Vinci, and then he'll hate both of them. And then he'll just say, nah, everything's cool now. Like, it's like, we're, we're, the, like we're the top dogs once again. So we'll see what happens overall. Uh, you know, t- tough situation for Vinci though, but he is fine, so it's it's okay. Um, after that, uh, like I said, they, I wonder what was going on with the timing because this was allegedly going to be, you know, longer. You would think on some of the, some of this other stuff that probably had to go a little bit longer. Um, so then they do a video on Ivy N- Nile where she's like, "I've always been the underdog, but you know, this is my chance to prove myself." It was really generic, <laughs> to, to be honest. Uh, I did um, note though. That, I was grateful. You, sorry to interrupt, but I've never yeah. seen Ivy Nile in my life before, so I appreciated this. <laughs> like, I was like, "Who is this?" Um, <laughs> Dana Brooke 2.0, baby, ripped. But yeah, I thought it was a nice little video package too. Um, it, for a very new viewer, it gave me the information that I needed, um, and it also got me excited for the match because I thought they sold her well as like this sort of. Um, powerhouse that you know yeah. obviously is a great matchup for ripley so and also i mean that there was there was very minimal build up to this one week ripley beat uh maxine dupree and then i like she was about to attack her again after the match then ivy stepped up to her and was like nah you ain't doing that and so that was like literally the only build up <laughs> to this and in this video um niall i noted in the video she was doing like push slash pull-ups and it zoomed out, and she was doing them on Julius Creed's arm. That was posed against the wall. So she was, like, lifting herself up on his arm, uh, which they do a lot in their videos, the Creed brothers, too, uh, where they're lifting each other up and using each other as weights. So I do like that. Uh, we came out with Miz TV next, uh, and he was like, hey, Judgment Day's here. Instead, our truth comes out. Uh, they do a reference to little Jimmy, which is a gimmick from literally like 12 years ago <laughs> that they brought up here. And Miz was like, what do you even do with judgment day? And he was all like, you know, I really, I'm trying to be their image consultant, make people like him more. JD McDonough, Dominic came out 
And Truth was like, hey, JD, you're supposed to be out of Judgment Day. And then Dominic starts to talk and gets super heat uh, in his hometown, which they bring up as well. He's getting bo- uh, booed in his hometown. Uh, they mentioned how CM Punk beat up Dominic uh, over the holidays. And they basically say it'll be a tag match. And Truth acts delusional and it's like, no, nah, I'm still a part of the Judgment Day, right? And uh, Miz is like, just, just go. Like, let's just do our thing. And so it was Miz and our Truth versus Judgment Day next. What did you think of the promo to set it up? Dude, this is one of my favorite things on the show. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so dumb. I I really like our truth. You know, uh, DDT is yeah. one of my favorite Japanese promotions. I don't understand the resistance to comedy and wrestling because wrestling is an art that can encompass all genres. So just like bad main events and drama, it can have bad comedy. But when it's good, it's good as well. And I thought this was good. Uh, Judgment Day has been around for a very long time now they definitely needed something new i do not like jd madonna at all so hell yeah our truth let's go and i love this guy making jd look like a geek um because i feel like that's his ceiling on the main roster anyway so but dude i thought dom was hilarious in this like during the match when our truth is goes onto the judgment day side and jd tags him in and then what was it dom holds miz or, or holds miz and then our truth looks at miz and he does the i'm sorry i love you uh just really funny very self-aware um to way too long of a miz promo for me but dude i, I enjoyed this i thought it was very fun what about yeah, like you, you said, that's the problem is that miz going on and on was I don't like Miz. Uh, I don't like his promos. I don't like the way he handles himself. I definitely don't like his wrestling. But everybody else involved was very, like, good in their role. You know, JD isn't great. Like, he's... I don't think he's bad at any one thing. He just isn't great at anything. You know, he's like... Here, he had a very generic, like, heel promo. Like, ah, what are you talking about, R-Truth? Like, very easy heel stuff there. And uh, R-Truth was very amusing. So charismatic. Great worker. On the mic, uh, you know, even now, though, he's still got a, lot, a little pep in his step. You know, he can still bring there. Hey, I remember watching that guy at TNA and he was the man back then. He was really unique and, and a great style, uh, great promo. And here he did it again. Dominic got super heat uh, to me. The match was nothing other than just gave, gave the baby faces a win to start of the year. And I mean, this is the B team of Judgment Day. You kind of figured they would lose. Uh, so it was good for what it was, but nothing special to me as a match. Yeah, definitely as as match quality, nothing memorable. But um, in terms of like enjoyment factor, this was one of the more fun things on the show for me. Yeah, uh, I absolutely agree with that. Very well done. So from there, we got the good win for uh, Awesome Truth, as they used to be known. Uh, Then we go to the club. (laughs) Because we had Caden Carter and Katana Chance. <laughs> I mean, this is a very realistic club, don't you think? <laughs> it reminds me of like when Sheamus and Cesaro used to hang out in like the literal bar, remember? Yeah. And they just have like those fights. It's just such a set. And like, I don't know. What's funny to me is they're in San Diego. It's 5 p.m. And like, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like, a good point. <laughs> what the fuck? And was this recorded earlier in the day? And if so, is this like is this a sort of Berlin Berghang type club? Like the party starts Friday night, ends uh, you know, Tuesday morning. How long have Caden and Katana been in there? Um I have not seen Caden and uh Katana, right? That's her name now. Yeah, yeah, Casey Katz, but now Caden <laughs> or, or Katana Chance. Um, what a fucking name. <laughs> genius but um dude i had no clue that they were even on the main roster again like this was a big reset for me and i guess yeah the club gimmick is very funny who were they with piper and chelsea yeah yeah that, that piper and chelsea broke into the club to get to get at them and called them out and was like we want a title shot and they were like yeah we were fighting champions we'll give you a title shot but go fuck off for now we got to party some more and they were like well if you don't give us a title shot we're going to nick aldis fuck pierce and they were like we'll go to pierce with it and they're like okay fine and then they threw drinks in their face at the end so piper and chelsea got hit with the, the champagne or whatever they threw at them uh and that was that was it <laughs> pretty much so new t- tag team title match next week uh, between these two teams Hey, not for me, but it's story. So uh, I won't ultimately complain in the end because that's really all I ask for in wrestling. (laughs) Just Um, try. (laughs) Yes, consistency, man, because consistency is what will hopefully lead to success. Um, So, yeah. I like Caden and Katana in the ring, like as a team, like they're wrestling a great team. Uh, cool team moves they have too. Uh, they really feel like an actual team instead of just two people throwing together, like Piper and Chelsea, <laughs> pretty much. Um, on the mic, they have a long way to go. I, th- I think it's safe to say. Um, others, I kind of like Piper's vibe though, like it's this like bodyguard type of thing that she's doing, uh, pretty much. Like you know, she's very very comfortable. You know, like and talking in the ring, she's really good as well. Uh, Chelsea is putrid as a wrestler but plays her character well so they're a decent team when you when you think about it uh next match was the, the women's title match ripley versus ivy nile uh i thought ivy looked great here all kinds of cool moves obviously similar to her uh, stable mates the creed brothers who are the best ever basically uh but she uses a lot of unique stuff great power spots uh, coming in there with the big suplexes uh come in ripley did her big stuff with her big headbutt which was great um in the end she, they gave her kind of one big spot uh with the german suplex off the turnbuckle uh and uh, that got that was her spot but in the end uh, another headbutt riptide and there was the win what'd you think first time seeing ivy little rocky at first i think it was uh, a leapfrog of Rhea running into the corner And it looked like Ivy almost didn't get up high enough. That stuck out to me. And then I think it was maybe an exploder suplex or an Olympic slam style thing that Ivy went for. And um, again, it just kind of seemed like she wasn't able to get Rhea up. So at first I was kind of like, ah, shit, this is a bummer for Ivy, you know, because big profile match. Um, But I thought by the end they really made it work. Um, Again, powerhouse versus giant powerhouse. Um, good matchup, and I would give it like a, a solid three at the end of the day. Um, like one of the better real Ripley defenses I've seen, which is wild. And they they were able to work. I mean, this is I mean, this is literally her first match, like on Raw, like on the main wow. roster was this title shot. Uh, they've done really nothing to hype her up, and uh, her first singles match, she may have had a tag somewhere along the line. Um, 
So they really did nothing to build her up, but the crowd was into it by the end. Uh, I thought they worked together pretty decently. Uh, three seems right. Uh, they gave the the people gave it a six point seven eight, which is a little higher than us, but still uh, around the same area. I think that's about fair o- overall. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of people have always said uh, a match should always leave you wanting to see it again, and this is a matchup I wouldn't mind seeing again. I think they had good chemistry in the end, and they could build off this. Absolutely, I think they need to do more with Nile. She's one of the better. Like, you know, workers in the ring that, you know, with a lot of potential, very young and new, but shows a lot of upside. So good for her. Uh, And then we get to the highlight of the show. Or low light, depending on your definition of it. They hype this big return of a former champion. (laughs) And suddenly Jinder Mahal's music plays. And... And they, there's part like where Michael Cole's like, oh, no. <laughs> and then Wade Barrett's like, yes, like one of the greatest champions of all time is here. And Michael Cole's like, are you kidding me? I thought we were going to have somebody good. <laughs> and so then he cuts on. He goes on and on and on. Uh, gender cuts his heel promo <laughs> where he's like, uh, like, you people don't know anything. And the reason why is because you're American. <laughs> and. He's saying the United States are so divided and I will be the one to unite you all. And he goes on and he like uh, speaks uh, in Punjabi, uh, you know, and the thing is, he goes on. He's like smirking like he did something really clever. He's like, you guys all united to boo your own national anthem that I said in Punjabi. The problem with this was. Nobody actually booed him. <laughs> they, like, no. what, what were you ta- like? What were you talking about earlier? <laughs> like, I think most people think it's cool that they're showing Nakamura and these other guys speaking their own language. Like, they don't think like, oh, how can they not speak English on the show? Like, who thinks like that? <laughs> like, that would be stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody likes that. So to see him do his own thing was not like it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, you know, to anybody, I don't think he, so he really had to go overboard and trash talking America. And he's like going on and on, uh, you know, and, you know, starting to go into Punjabi again. Cause I think he's running out of <laughs> lines to go into. And then the rock comes out like huge pop. Nobody expected this. I, I don't think. And we'll get to the rocks part. What did you think about gender's early going part here before we got to it? And the reveal, which was the reveal was awesome. Like when his music hit and the no, like Dude, you that could was hear the audible size, yeah. which this is, um, God, this is like the Abushi and Nakamura of contenders, this whole segment, not just gender. Yes. But, and I don't think it's symptomatic of gender. I think that gender was put in this position yes. to fulfill a role. Uh, this is the biggest contender. I think this will absolutely carry over for the next three, six, five is worst segment of the year. Um, <laughs> Like, okay, remember last week, Sammy coming out, calling out Callus before the pay-per-view or whatever the fuck. And he's like, man, no one even remembers Takeshi got two fucking wins over Kenny. And it's like, why would you point out that you're doing a bad job, right? Instead of just course correcting. So yeah, yeah, they should just do a good job. For them to debut a former champion and then have it be gender because they knew that it would be a letdown. To me, that just says, one – we fucked up with gender Two, We know he's not worth anything. And then <laughs> like three, um, they had him like 
build up this entire persona and character that felt like a political redeemer. Um, and, and I don't think there's going to be any follow through. So it was very no. weird to have him do this math. Like you could have done this segment without the politics. And I'm not going to get political yeah. on this show because it's wrestle update, but all I'll really say is like it's not politics um, update. <laughs> it is crime update, but yes, America <laughs> is of under very heavy scrutiny right now on the international you know, scene in terms of the UN and other things. And it's a very volatile time in terms of just the world as a whole. Um, I thought this was the absolute worst angle you could have done with like, <laughs> again, we just talked about Nakamura, right. And how they're finally leaning into, it, it felt so antithetical to everything they've done. And this felt like a segment from 10 years ago, like peak fucking Vince and Bruce era shit. I, yeah, um, totally. It, you know, the fact that they just had Nakamura, you know, subtitled all that stuff, doing a cool promo and, you know, it's a cool promo. The things he's saying are evil. It's not the fact that he's speaking Japanese is what makes it evil. But yeah. then when you have Jinder come out here and, you know, outside of American fans, I feel like WWE's largest fan base. And this is me just, you know, assuming is India <laughs> yeah, by numbers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you look at the YouTube video social. numbers. Exactly. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm like, why would you posit this guy who is like, it just made no fucking sense. It felt like they had gender go out there and essentially try to prey upon like racist prejudices and everything that the audience might have. And the audience was not biting. It was more so apathy than frustration. Yeah. And um, yeah, I thought that this was genuinely the ugliest and worst that pro wrestling has in terms of. Yeah optics self-awareness um everything and what happened after was really just exacerbated <laughs> it all yeah yeah it, it will it would it would go get worse but i that that would to me is like almost the like the the great but also terrible part of it because it's good that people don't react like that way anymore yeah you know like that's a good thing that these crowds are are not so xenophobic and all that stuff and they they can't play off of that too much you know because you mentioned the sammy promo from last week which i wasn't great either but at least he was talking about heels and his segment ultimately got a pop at the end like the fans reacted to what he was saying even if it was because he was telling the truth even if it sucked for Takeshita, uh but it, it at least got a pop and everything like that this would gender Nobody cared. Like, you know, it's like nobody booed him at all for and that was the biggest part of his whole promo. Was like, ha ha, I tricked you. And like you didn't. <laughs> like, no, nobody booed. Also, I'll say like Jinder wasn't making incorrect points. <laughs> you know, like No, America is very divided. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like people are outside of America like very frustrated with us and everything. Yeah. So it was one of those things too where I'm like He's literally just coming out with an objective outsider's perspective, and it's fairly yeah. sound, and yet he's being he, – it's not even that he was being treated. He was being showcased and set up to be some – Yeah, yeah. You know, and like he even mentioned, I think, is when The Rock was out, he's like, you're all jingoistic. And I – you know, yeah. for those that may not know what jingoism is, it's essentially like very blind extremist patriotism. Like, I um, thought it was bingo. <laughs> it's sorry. like um, – it's like um, think about like how WWE and AEW fans just are so tribalistic at times, right? Where it's yeah, like yeah, they, totally. no company can do no wrong. It's the same exact shit. And like to for him to call that out and then Rock try to get him booed for saying that, I'm like, 
you're essentially just like booing this guy for being like, hey, extremist ideals aren't great. And it's just, again, it, it nothing made sense to me. No, it was bad. And like you said, it's more on the people running the show for being out of touch than the fans who reacted very fairly. Uh, I would say until The Rock came out <laughs> because he's here and he is like because Mahal had brought up the Iron Sheik, uh, rest in peace to him. And uh, so he brought him up in his promo and Rock was like, you're right, right about one thing. You sure as hell ain't the Iron Sheik. And he starts to do, do do a Sheik impression, which was like, I could feel Nello cringing when, when, he, when Rock did this. Um, and basically, Rock goes in on Mahal and, and saying how my, how lame he is. And then he was like, uh, he, he uh, did he something. Talk, sorry, was he talking about the Sheik or Iron Sheik? I think he said Iron Sheik. Okay, because it's one of those things then where I'm like, <laughs> he's like, Jinder comes out and he speaks in Indian and then he tries to get, they try to get a boot for it. And then Rock comes out and starts impersonating an Iranian dude to try to get pops. And I'm just like, none of this shit makes sense whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, literally. that's a great point. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point in its own right. Uh, um, so all of this is a mess. And he basically says, Iron Sheik told me once that you're the biggest uh, jackass on God's green earth. And uh, he was like, nobody likes you when you aren't funny. So a uh, little troll at CM Punk there, there for a second of the straight edge society uh, bringing out. And he was like, if you were one of my movies, you'd be Baywatch. And gender was like, <laughs> this is actually kind of amusing. He was like, this is totally off the cuff. Yeah. He's like, I've, I've never seen Baywatch. And, and rock was like, well, nobody else did either. Shut up. And, uh, Rock goes on. He keeps uh, speaking of jingoism. He's like, America is the greatest country that ever existed in the world, and you're not a modern day Maharaja. You're a modern day bitch, or, or something like that. No, he said a day one douchebag. Uh, he oh, called God. him. And then we had just, these chants, right, for like five he minutes. He did this same shit before. Like, he did this the last time he came back, where he was like, one side of the arena is going to chant day one, and then this other side is going to chant douchebag. And he went back and forth for like five minutes in a row, like you said. And I was like, come on already. Like, you did the same crap. <laughs> I come again. And then, <laughs> to make matters even worse, we get a new national anthem uh, sung oh. by the rock. <laughs> Okay, so here, right, in terms of, like, U.S. law and stuff, you're not supposed to do anything with the flag just, other than fly yeah. it, right? And so yeah. it's it, it's kind of a common theme in the country where people who are then wearing American flag jumpsuits, hats, everything, are like, how dare you disrespect the flag? And I'm like, dog, you already are. Like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> you're um, already breaking so, the rules. <laughs> so, again, here's the guy. The you know we'll call we'll call rock in this jingo unchained. So <laughs> like this fucking guy comes out here and then like completely satirizes and makes fun of the national yeah totally into some crude twelve yeah. year old fucking thing about gender having little balls and I'm like dude this is insane like again like it's one of those <laughs> things where I was hitting my head against the wall because it's like how do you not realize that the, and I, I just got to stop asking questions at a certain point you know the, <laughs> it was like the, the devil angle on, on, on the world's end when i started to talk about all that and you were like i can't keep doing this 
And I was like, maybe I need to just stop thinking about it. <laughs> and I, think, I think that's why the, the rock is, is the devil of WWE. Like this segment, we can't wrap our heads around. Dude. And I, I think I texted you. I was like, what if he just announces his presidency? And at this point, I that would hilarious. Stop, thought he was going to announce his presidency ours run for the presidency and just like i was fucking on pins and needles just scared <laughs> and then and then after when is the national country anthem, gonna go next yeah like after the national anthem was it was it then the head of the table uh sort of tease or well first first uh jingo oh. tried to attack him and then he hit the rock bottom of the people's elbow and then he did the thing about the head he's like and this was very awkward and poorly done by the way as well he was like ah well that was pretty cool, guys. Thanks. But where do I go now? I don't know. I love you I... doing the heavy breathing right now. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm a worker, okay? <laughs> like I said, I've done this before and done that exact thing when I wrestled. Uh, but not as bad as he did here, I don't. I hope. Anyway. But yeah, he was like, uh, should I be at a booth, at the bar, or at the head of the table? <laughs> and it's so like, okay, so... So here's the problem. As terrible as all of that other stuff was, and I hated the national anthem thing. I was totally with you. I was like, this is more offensive than anything gender said about America, but whatever, go off. I get it. The rock can do anything, you know, in the crowd is going to react to the rock, no matter what he says, pretty much. And I appreciated that. Uh, he, I appreciate that gender tried it just was the, like you said, it wasn't necessarily his performance. That was the problem. It was the position he was put in and very poorly handled how they did it. But ultimately, as bad as all that was, the segment will ultimately be remembered for literally that last part that I just said with the heavy breathing uh, at the end of the day. That's the only part people will focus on, because now that all but confirms that him and Roman are going to go at it, which is what everybody will talk about. So why didn't we just do that then? If yes. the point of this was just to call out Roman, do it. Like, have a shock return. Like, he should have just came out on his own. He could have cut promos. He could have ripped everybody, like, on the roster. He could have, in all the heels, anyway. You know, he could have talked shit on all the heels on the roster and then finally built up to him calling Roman Reigns out at the end. And we would have gotten to the same point. The content would have been a million times better, I'm certain. And you wouldn't have had to wade these anti-American waters. Like go back, like you said, go back to 20 years ago. Nobody wants that in wrestling anymore. Uh, so it, it just was really poorly done, and it was all to build up something that you could have done easily without it. It's like it totally didn't matter. Just waste of time, I thought. Yeah. Again, like the like you said, you or the goal was, or it seemed like the intent with the the segment, right? Um, under deliver with gender so that the rockets an even bigger pop because it was bigger than if he just came out right away. Right. Cause it was way more unexpected. Um, and then rock lays a people's elbow on gender and teases Roman. That is all you had to fucking do. And this went 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, right. Dude, and he, he guessed the stuff out is... on the people's elbow too. Like I said, we have to point that out that like with this one or two moves, he was like, <laughs> all guessed at that point. Yeah. And like, um, what was I going to say? uh the the roman thing like yes it's the talking point coming out but it's the thing i'll least remember from this segment as well like this was i don't know man it was just oh it was awful like this is a terrible segment and, and i'm a fan of the rock 
I'm not a rock hater or doesn't want him back or anything like that. I recognize how big of a deal he is. And, and I loved his promos in the past. It's just, I think he needs to really update his whole game in a lot of ways because he's doing this stuff in a situation like this. It didn't work. I actually thought gender, like once they got past him with his first part of the promo, when he was doing all the Punjabi stuff and all of that, um, I thought he handled himself really well, like uh, opposite of rock. Uh, so I will praise that part of it. But overall, like you said, just I I think that the big talking point is the end. And it was the only part that wasn't awful. And it was still pretty bad. So I think rock needs to really update his game on the mic because you can see, like, say what you want about this segment. But there was uh, an electricity in the arena when he came out. That wasn't there for pretty much any part of the show. Otherwise, and he's got great energy, great confidence. You could tell even when he's saying this nonsense, he really make like is performing it well. Like the you know, it's just the content of what he's saying sucks. But actually, his performance is like great. So if they can really kind of merge this to keep his delivery, but actually say stuff that is good, I think you could have a great promo in him. Uh, this just clearly was not it. Yeah, and like Jinder did not deserve this shit, man. What the fuck did this guy? <laughs> what did this oh, guy I, do? <laughs> an, another problem with this: Jinder hasn't been gone. Like this isn't a return. He's been. He was literally the manager of it this year. Like so, how was this a return anyway? Uh, on top of it, he was managing it this year. I mean, they're a boring tag team. Like there's no doubt about that. So I guess they just want to retcon that out. Um, but. All of this poor, poor gender at the end of the day. And, and, and hey, listen, gender uh, representing I- Indian culture. Really cool. Uh, shout out. Uh, shout out to India, Punjab, Punjabi and all that stuff. Uh, I respect it. Also from Canada as well, uh, technically. And Rock's dad is from Canada uh, as well, too. Uh, you know, so we got a lot of different countries represented in this segment. I just wish it had gone down better. <laughs> Up next, like away from all of that. Oh, real yeah. quick, sorry. Elimination yeah. Chamber of Mania. I, I don't think it's going to be Elimination Chamber, man. Uh, me either. Are they going to really put a rock match on at like 4 a.m. Exactly, in America? Exactly, dude. I don't think, I don't know. Like, I really think it's going to be Mania. And Well, it would be cool if that was. I mean, uh, Jesse's going to be there live. Uh, so I, if, I, if, if you know, for her sake, I would love if The Rock came out. I don't know if she would want that or not, especially if she watched this segment. Uh, she wouldn't. But uh, I will say that for the Australians, that would be cool. But yeah. I just don't see them doing that. I think if you're bringing The Rock in, it's going to be Mania. Sorry, yep. Cody. Maybe they'll still do something with Cody and the belt or whatever they have planned for it. Um but I definitely think Rock is going for the title at WrestleMania, or at least going after Roman. Uh, we'll see how they get there. Uh, tag match, Tegan Knox Natty versus Shayna Baszler, Zoe Stark. Uh, this match was really bad, and uh, everybody was mad afterwards. Like I think Natty and Tegan messed up some spots, and they didn't look very happy about it. And Zoe definitely didn't look happy, because immediately they went to her, raised her hand, and you could see her lips. She just says, fuck, as, as loud as she could. Uh, and you could see it. Uh, after she won, too, she won with the, the Z360. It was just <laughs> something was off, and I don't know what happened. I I think it was Tegan and Natty, but maybe it was actually the others secretly. 
Uh, we'll see. But yeah, Zoe was pissed at the end of this. That was funny. Yeah, I have nothing to say about this other than that I laughed so hard at you te- your text when you you literally messaged me right after the match happened. You go, man, they're fucking pissed. Zoe just yelled fuck, and that's pretty much my thoughts <laughs> on this. Um, dude, I got bummed seeing Tegan Knox. Like, I, she's gone through two horrible yeah. injuries, and you know she was part of those releases, and then I feel like got brought back when Triple H came. And dude, I don't. I don't know what they've done with her since, if anything, outside of like the the Becky program I heard was very brief. But, you know, she's she's someone who I really, really would have wished that she went elsewhere, whether it's uh, Impact, um, AEW, ROH, whatever. I just to see it's one of those things where once you see someone teaming with Natty, you're like, okay, so they have absolute (laughs) fuck all to do for them Um, (laughs) because that's usually how it is. No disrespect to Natalia. It's just. She's been there what, almost 20 years, and it's like, dude, uh, the last time I feel like she had a meaningful program was with Beth Phoenix, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just one of those things where, yeah, this this was not great. Rooting for Tegan. I uh, went through, through, through a lot of injuries. Totally agree. She could use a big fresh start uh, and everything. Just not in a good spot right now. Yeah, uh, Shannon just- Zoe... Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say that that's not to say there's not a spot for her in WWE, right? But we've seen it numerous times now that just it's like any sport, any other industry, right? It's good when people go back and forth because you get different stories. You know, other places will help them develop differently. And dog, who the fuck thought Matt Cardona was going to be awesome, you know, against Nick Gage? It's those kind of moments where I'm like. Just let people cook outside. Um, and, I, you know, I think she probably got a great offer coming back and whatever. But, yeah, I, I really hope she's able to turn a page soon. Yeah, I don't I don't see much for her right now. But it, she needs a big change, at least, if she's staying in WWE. Uh, Zoe Shayna versus Katana and Kaden in the future, I'm sure, will happen. Uh, I'm not, that could be interesting. Unless they haven't done anything for these two uh, as characters, so we'll have to see where it goes overall. Yeah, I like I like Zoe, and it's unfortunate that they did absolutely nothing with her post Trish. Really, it seems in terms yeah. of like a sustained push. And I just I have to be honest, I do not see any place for Shayna Baszler in um WWE at this point anymore. Like it's one of those things where you should have Sammy Guevara come out and be like, you beat Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam and like or whatever. She beat her fastling, whatever. But like, yeah, dude, it's, it might it have not happened. I would love to see Shayna in like ROH. Honestly, I think she could really <laughs> thrive there um, and get like a new little start or even back in NXT. But like, dude, yeah, I just they've tried with her ever since she came out and bit fucking Becky Lynch. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ever picked back up since. But with all that said, uh, that match was a filler match. We get to the main event. They they bring it up. The world title, Seth Rollins defending against Drew McIntyre. Uh, this was a good match. Uh, and I, I really love and respect Drew. I think he's one of the more interesting characters on any show uh, to me. I love his tweener, like, good guy but like kind of going bad but also kind of making good points they've really drugged this out brilliantly and he his performances has been awesome uh you know and i I think he's a great wrestler just a general like great talent seth i think 
he can do a lot. There's good parts to him. The character I really have no love for, although like they cut, they hit on something with Punk and him. Uh, his promo that he cut on Punk was really well done and good. Um, I think he's improved as the title reign has gone along. But in the end, the match ends with a, a like multiple goofy parts. The, uh, Priest comes in with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Him and Dominic run out. Uh, he bops Seth with the briefcase, and he's like, I'm going to cash in. And as soon as he turns around, Drew comes running around the corner and hits a Claymore. Uh, Priest then throws Dominic uh, to like 20 feet over his head. Uh, that got a huge pop <laughs> from the crowd as well. And then he comes in the ring, hits the Claymore, and he gets the cover. And it looks like he's won the match, but then it turns out that when he pulled, when he hooked the leg on Seth, he pulled his leg over his head and his foot touched the rope. So the ref waved it off, and uh, McIntyre is like in disbelief. And then they go outside going for the the table. Rollins counters, turns it into a pedigree on the table, then comes in the ring and hits the the curb stomp for the win. Uh, good match. The finish kind of took a little bit away from it, but I the part with him getting to the ropes was really well done. I thought, uh, and uh, so good piece of business. Not a special match in my opinion. Actually, I thought it was like not too far ahead of Nia and Becky, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. I honestly, if I look back at what match I'm going to remember from this show, it's going to be Nia Becky because yeah, I think that's, me too. That's something that you don't see. I think that Becky did a great job of carrying Nia and this was another Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins defense. Um I love Drew. Being a Drew fan is pain now. He feels like the fucking WWE equivalent of Naito in terms of like, dude, can this guy just win a world title in front of people? Please. He deserves it. He has earned it. Like, you know, um I I did like I again, like you said, I I'm not the biggest Rollins fan. He's a little bit like Osprey to me. Like, in terms of just, he performs well, he's very athletic, but his matches kind of miss that, they're missing, like, that emotional core sometimes, yeah. and that feels very forced. And, I mean, that's been symptomatic going back as far as, you know, his run with, like, fuck, The, the Fiend and all that shit. It's, it's, Rollins is a very artificial character, it feels yeah, like totally agree. to me, which is why, you know, the punk thing is maybe hopefully going to be a good resurgence, but... Um, I didn't like any of the stuff with Priest. You know, the match went yeah, way down there. Um, and it's wild that winning the Money in the Bank is like the worst thing that's happened to Damian Priest. <laughs> because goddamn, it's almost like a, a necessary thing now that anytime Seth Rollins has a defense, like Damian Priest has to come out and lose, <laughs> like or just try yeah. to cash in. And just and, yeah, fail, get thwarted exactly. somehow. And it's like, dude, like, why, 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 why? So uh, I don't think like to me, the false finish with the leg would have been more than sufficient. Um, yeah, me too. And that was like really well done. I thought it was great because I actually thought he was going to win for a second. Uh, and then like his leg just leaned over to hit the rope and the ref stopped. And so I thought it was like, whoa, like they, they almost even got me with that. But the pre stuff, I totally agree, was superfluous and not not. Uh, not very well done, in my, in my, in my opinion. Uh, I think they need to have a, a final match between these two at the Rumble. Uh, Drew and Seth, some kind of like stipulation. I hope it's not last man standing again, <laughs> but maybe just something where it's like everyone's banned from ringside. Like there must be a winner. No rope breaks or DQs or any of that crap. 
uh, you know, just definitive winner finally because Drew was great. Now I sent you one of his promos from a couple of weeks ago that he cut on Seth. It's like one of the best in the year in WWE, and he is a awesome on the mic, and I love the story he told. I just think that they could go a couple of different ways with this. He's in a tough spot because so much is riding on Seth and Punk. It almost would kind of be better if Drew went away like at this time and let this story be unfinished for a while. Mm-hmm. Because you have to think they're not going to mess with the Seth and Punk match being for the title at this point. And that puts Drew in a terrible position. When he, I think he should win the championship, but I think they put so much in Punk that they'll go with Seth and Punk over Drew, even though I think Drew is a, just a great, great wrestler. Agreed. This was, a, this was a decent show, though. I got raw. I, I didn't have any problems watching it. I had fun. I, even the Rock segment like veered into being so terrible, it was actually kind of amusing and, and, fun, and fun to laugh at, at least. Uh, the Becky and I match totally delivered. It felt like you said the atmosphere and everything about this was by far the best of any of these shows, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did a good job. Commentary was pretty solid. I'm not a big Cole fan, but I thought him and Wade were, had good rapport. Uh, Wade, I like. I'm a big fan of. And uh, the main event was all right. Uh, I didn't think it was great. But, you know, um, if they had not had the pre-stuff, I think it would have reached the level of Becky and Nia. But still, a good show. I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, this was my favorite WWE show of the week. Um, yeah. Would I – do I want to go back and watch three more hours on Monday? Not yeah. necessarily. But am I excited to come back for the Rumble? Yeah. And I think that if there are – you know, any matches that are worth checking out, I'll probably go back to check out this year. Um, yeah. You know, so it definitely didn't put me off like SmackDown did. Yeah, well, we're going to blow through these other shows because uh, Raw actually was kind of good. Uh, these other ones we'll talk about was just uh, starting with NXT uh, New Year's Evil, the show that I'm reminded that I will be at uh, in a month from now. Uh, and this this show did not give me a lot of good feelings going into that. <laughs> so they play into the angle where Ridge injured Ilya Dragunov. Uh, and apparently it's uh, they're making this into a big deal. Uh, so they did this whole angle with Ridge where they're, they're playing off of what happened with Big E. And then Ilya got hurt and they tried to make it seem like it was real. And that led to this getting like there, there was going to be Ilya versus Trick. Who we watched win. Uh the Iron Survivor, which we really liked. Like we were we we defended and it was good. So they cut that off, and I was just like, what the and like they're taking this off TV? Like, why? Uh, but we got something to replace it, and we'll talk about that. Uh they do a little bit of a video, kind of generic, just saying, hey, new year, new beginnings, uh, pretty much for NXT. And they start off with the women's title, which again we saw in the women's iron survivor, Blair Davenport taking on Lyra Valkyria. And uh, Lyra defending the title. She beat Becky Lynch a couple of months ago, and and Blair won the Iron Survivor. So the problem with this was it was like seven or eight minutes. You know, it's listed at eight, at eight minutes on cage match. So uh, not enough time to really for this to go anywhere. It didn't feel like a special match at all, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um but it was like well done. Like these two are both solid workers. I just think both of them, uh, they're good workers. But there's something missing, in my opinion. Like some sort of charisma that isn't there. Uh, I kind of liked Lyra's entrance where they would do the thing where, 
you know, the the way her song goes, there's a part where it's like da da da, and then it stops, and then they go whoop, and like oh, like they kept doing the bird calls because it's kind of her thing that she's like the Morrigan of Ireland and all that stuff. Uh, so they did the bird calls. I thought it was a good entrance. She has a little bit of an like she carries herself pretty okay, but I think there's something missing in the ring with her. And Blair is solid in the ring. I think she's a, a good worker. Um, not somebody she has a, a good heel vibe to her i guess but neither of these two felt like too special this wasn't a special match to me yeah um i i came in like a minute late just because so i got what is it youtube tv this week and then found out that youtube tv doesn't broadcast anything on east coast um so i pretty much had to download the usa app the tnt app the tbs app the fox app <laughs> And so because I can watch everything live on those with my YouTube TV subscription, at least. So oh, I came okay. in here a couple minutes late and I caught like what I, what I thought was the second act, but just turned out to be the match. Um, yeah, it was the whole match. But I unfortunately missed the intros. Uh, the end angle where all the women ran out like this was a very stark reminder that I just am so out of touch with NXT now. Um you know, I, I remember watching Lyra. I mean, I've seen Blair for years now. I remember yeah. watching Lyra. Was her name uh, Ify Valkyrie back in NXT UK? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, she, I liked her then. Um, I missed her feud with Becky, so uh, I didn't really get to see her claim the title. Um, but yeah, this this didn't feel like much. And it was kind of sad because, okay, you know, like we had talked about with Ilya being removed and this whole Ridge thing, which to me is really, really bad promotion. Like why yeah, I got you a negative this, reaction? Yeah. This massive match, um, especially like this is your first show of the year and you're going to list a world title main event and then pull it once the show is live. Like this isn't Keith Lee and swerve. That still sucks, <laughs> but this yeah. is so much fucking more like I, yeah, this is your dude, main match. I, <laughs> yep. And I thought that this should have gotten that time. Um, you know, like, God, man, yeah, the, uh, totally agree. It, this should have been in the main event spot, and you you give them twenty minutes to deliver a banger and at least get something out of it. Because uh, no, I don't what? think, yeah, oh, sorry, and they just they, like, they just blew by it. Like this title raid or this title match didn't mean anything, and they moved right into the next stuff where they tried to move. So apparently this too is a cash in, and since I criticized it on World's End, I will definitely criticize it on NXT. So Lola Vice won the rookie tournament. They had the breakout tournament. And Lola Vice is a talented wrestler, like great look. Uh, her theme music is one of the best in, in WWE to me. Uh, I love her her entrance. She's got swagger. The crowd loves her. She's a good worker for, for being somebody who's so young. She was a legit rookie uh, this year. Yeah, I've heard her mentioned as rookie of the year a lot. So she had no training before PC or anything. No, she used to fight in um, – uh, Shit, where do, where was she at? Uh, like she was an MMA fighter before. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Because uh, it wasn't. I don't think it was Bellator that she was in. She yeah. She was she was uh, the uh, women's uh, uh, fighter in Bellator. Uh, her her yeah. Her real name is Valerie Lareda uh, from, from Bellator. And so she was like all in MMA, part of American Top Team, uh, and things like that. Um, you know, I'm looking at her career right now. She she won a lot of You're her four matches. Four and one. It's not like she yeah. got kicked out or anything. But damn, that's crazy. Yeah, great look though. Uh, great, she really great swag to her. I uh, love what she brings to the table. But to I don't like that 
you can now cash in this too. I'm sick of cash ins in wrestling. Like I don't need to see this crap anymore. Like we saw it on two shows back to back, three shows back to back, counting Worlds in. Like we had World in day one, and then NXT. All three shows had a cash in attempt on them. Enough with this already. But, More cash-ins this year, please. I'm going to go heal. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you want. This this is my wrestling cash Any in. match that you win now, you essentially get part of a briefcase and you assemble it over time is kind of what I'm – like a pseudo-Dragon Gate. So, yeah, like Dragon Gate with uh, the keys, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Um, but, yeah, so Tatum Paxley comes out. Uh, she has a, this new gimmick she's doing. For a while, she was like the Reaper-like character – uh, again, great theme music that she had, but it, it never went anywhere. She used to be Ivy's tag partner in NXT before they called Ivy up. <laughs> um, so, but now she's like a stalker, like of of Lyra, pretty much. Uh, and she's like, I won't let anyone harm Lyra, which we would presume will be because she's the only one that will, that will do harm to Lyra at the end and go for the title. But she bails her out, saves Lola. Electra Lopez comes in. And then there turns into a, a, a big scuffle, but nobody catches it and they just move on from it. And I'm sure they'll do a tag match uh, with Lyra and Paxley versus uh, Lopez and Vice soon. Um, they call the title match off and uh, I was very disappointed. Then they do the LWO coming out. Uh, and they say that it was originally going to be Dragon Lee that was going to team with them. But instead, they bring back Carlito <laughs> for this and uh, Cruz del Toro, Joaquin Wild. They take on the No Quarter Catch crew here, which may legitimately be the worst faction name in wrestling. Uh, what ha- what was wrong with? Could they just call them Catch Point? They brought they bought the Evolve shit, right? They do the cat. They also do the Catch Point. Uh, yeah, they do. Sign, they right? do their. Yeah, yeah, they do the thing. Yeah, <laughs> they do the thing. Yeah, it cool name. Oh yeah, I well, don't. Th- it's just a mouthful. Yeah, the the match, though, it was pretty good, honestly. Uh, the big part, though, was the move of the year, like locked up for 2024, in my opinion. So they do a thing where they all go to the outside, the crowd's chanting LWO, and they are all on the apron, and all of the catch crew are on the outside. And so Joaquin is in the middle, and he stands up on the middle ropes, and he's singling for the fans, Carlito and Cruz are beside him and they basically like grab the ropes and then launch him. He springs boards off with unbelievable height that he gets for this. This was like, I, you know, if you had shown me this and I didn't know it was live, I would have thought he had some wires under him or something like that because he flew and there were so many great gifs, so many great screenshots of this. Fuck. This was awesome. Like great move. <laughs> And everybody's going to copy this. Every indie show you go to will see a version of this in the future. Like, I, there's so many people that are like, how did we not think of this move before he did it? It was awesome. I love seeing Carlito's uh, facials during this as well, because his he, his eyes were definitely like, oh, fuck it. Here it goes. Um, you know, nothing match on paper. Fun. Very big pop for Carlito with the crowd, which is awesome. And yeah. this spot was just so fucking cool, man. Um I thought that, that should be really awesome. That should be showed on every one of their shows. <laughs> like, hey, this is what you're missing in NXT. <laughs> like, and it would get tons of attention. Um, 
And uh, also, Cruz got the win. Like uh, Del Toro, to me, is one of the most underrated workers uh, in in anywhere, really, WWE or AEW. <laughs> like, I think he's one of the best. Uh, wild with a great spot. They are a really great team. I wish they would do more with them because I think they have a ton of like potential as workers. Carlito got the fans into it. Uh, the match was good. The, the catch crew are all right. I mean, Gulak is obviously like an awesome guy. Like, you know, he was great on the Indies and still good. Uh, Kemp shows a lot, and Bourne is very new, like very green. But in this six-man tag, I thought they played the roles well. Yeah. Um, coming up, they go with Trick. And uh, Carmelo's there, and Trick's like, damn, like, I thought I was getting my title shot. And then Grayson Waller is like, hey, I'm the best Iron Survivor. I got my title shot. He didn't win his title, but he was like, I got my title shot. And Carmelo was like, Trick wants a fight tonight. He ain't here for this this jaw jacking. And then Waller was like, well, I'll fight you, but you got to put up your title shot. And then uh, Carmelo's like, fine. Like, like he he like he'll even put up his title shot against you, and Trick is like, man, what? <laughs> he's like he's like I didn't want to do that, and so that set up the main event with Waller getting the the title shot, which Trick was not happy. So clearly playing into the story of Carmelo secretly being against Trick here. Yes, and it's, um, God, I let out a gender level audible groan when I found out that the main event was going to be Grayson yeah, Waller sucks. and Trick Williams because it's yeah. two people that. In a in a match together, I like seeing them with other people. But holy shit, you could not pay me to watch this again. Um, <laughs> I liked the stuff with Carmelo and Trick. Like it was interesting to yeah. me, just the dynamic, right? Uh, Trick used to be someone that Carmelo could use as sort of a shield, um, and now that the dynamic has changed, he's still sort of you know using what Trick now has as a shield. So I thought that was um, a nice little wrinkle, but especially with the Cole and MJF angle that just happened, um, this is starting to feel really stale and almost sort of redundant. Um, So I think they got to make big, big moves coming out of this because, you know, Trick felt like he had such a focus coming into this show. And then all of that was sort of, taken away it felt like and by the end of this he did not feel like the guy he was coming into this show to accentuate your point about this being the same thing with mjf uh, a couple of weeks ago when they were talking about who when carmella accused Ilya of attacking trick after the show ended uh, ken talked to me and we were were, you know the show ended he was about to go to bed and stuff he was like man we need to really find out who the devil is and I was like, no, he's on AEW. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. I thought they were doing that on this team. Too. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so yeah, the devil and the mystery attacker are very similar angles <laughs> for, for this. Um, but it's like this. Who cares who attacked him at this point? Like, that was months ago. Like, he's already gotten a title shot. So clearly whatever happened didn't do anything <laughs> to really harm him for, for his career. So uh, just a really silly thing. But hopefully they move into a new gear. Because like you said, this is just... It was well done for a while, and I like them. Like, Carmelo and Trick are both really good. I just don't know about this story, and I kind of hope they move to a new chapter very soon. Uh, moving on, they cut to Riley Osborne, and, he's, and they're showing him writing a thing, like, chase you type of deal. And he's like, I want to be the next European wrestler, like, in NXT. Uh, okay. 
Yeah. Like they're, they're doing the men's rookie <laughs> tournament now. Uh, okay. and, yeah. Yeah. So and it, they did a thing a couple of weeks ago where somebody was like, oh, Riley Osborne. Oh, no, it was, it was uh, Thea Hale. It was like, man, he's super hot. Like, uh, And then Keanu James was like, he doesn't want to be with a girl when he can be with a woman like me. And they were like, that led to a little feud. So I guess Riley Osborne is like the hot guy of NXT now. Uh, no good, good for him. And now he also wants to be the European guy. Uh, w- will he be? Which will he be able to pull off, or will he be able to pull off both of them? That's a story developing. We'll see him next. Up next, we have Roxanne Perez versus Ariana Grace, uh, Santino's daughter here. And if you haven't seen Ariana Grace, she's like the prom queen of NXT, pretty much. Like okay. that's her whole gimmick, uh, or beauty queen, or whatever. Uh, so that's kind of her deal. Roxanne Perez, we all know, we know Roxy. She's very talented, very good. We, we love her very much. You Texas. Uh, that's right. Shout out. Uh, we have to say that this was a nothing match, however, uh, I will say. Um, I just don't know about this Ariana gimmick. It's very, like, too cheesy uh, at the end. And afterwards, uh, Ariana's like, no. Uh, like, no, you didn't win. Uh, like pop rocks is bullshit and, and blah 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 and then so Perez is like all right so she she grabs her throws her to the ground locks in a double arm stretch and they cut to her laughing maniacally while she chokes out Ariana Grace which was very funny that like that it's Roxy doing this gimmick that she's like she's gone psycho pretty much now like she she likes inflicting pain on, on people which is way out of character for most of her other career but what you what do you think so. How how did so was the result overturned? That's what I was confused by. Was the ending of this? Did that happen? Is that what happened? So because it was a DQ, right? I like, admittedly, dude, I was going in and out on this. Like, I got three words for your brother on this one. Not for yeah. me. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, no, don't disrespect like, Ariana. Absolutely, yeah. No disrespect. I mean, and like when I say not for me, it's just I recognize that this is not for me. So like it's, it's yeah, literally something that I, which yeah, not not watch. No, yeah, I think you're right. I, so Cage Match says that Ariana won by DQ. So you're right. I, I missed it. I thought she won with Pop Rocks. Yeah, no, it was I I, I thought because it seemed like they overturned the result once Ariana was on the outside, and I was like, oh, sick. This is like some. Remember Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara when Eddie like hurt sammy and then they had paul turner or whatever come out and overturn the result just that one fucking time that's <laughs> what it reminded me of yeah um i i, I don't know but what, what about roxanne's new gimmick uh, uh i like unhinged roxanne i mean it's a good wrinkle yeah. it's funny to watch her go from like i have anxiety to i'm gonna murder people i guess that's <laughs> the logical route um you know maybe she skipped therapy and medication we don't know but I, I like it, dude. I think that she pulls it off way better than Cora, who seemed like sort of was the other person um, that was sort of, sort of like unhinged maniac. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, what I like about Roxy is that she's able to it looks good in the ring. It's not just all talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see where that goes. They're starting a new tag team tournament next week. Uh, the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Another tournament going on in NXT. Uh, they do a video on Tiffany Stratton versus Fallon Hindley, uh, the servant versus the farmhand, like a gimmick right out of wow. Uh, here, I, I think uh, we're coming in. Uh, they do a brief thing with Blair backstage. She's like, damn, I'm hurt after my match. And then Nikita Lyons comes in and 
they start to fight. So there's thing of another match there. Okay, uh, I think Nikita Lyons might be my least favorite wrestler in pro wrestling, dude. Yeah, there's not, <laughs> a, lot, not a lot, to, not a lot to like. If I had a pick, <laughs> yeah, not not a lot to like there. I, I will give you that. Um, so we got the Tiffany and Fallon. Uh, who, who will be the ranch hand and the or the servant? Uh, in the end, it got proven. So basically, uh, they came in, they did their match. Uh, Tiffany almost hit the the prettiest moonsault ever, but she went out and then we went for a chair, but the ref took it away and that let uh, Fallon hit the shiny wizard uh, for the win here. And so now Tiffany Stratton is now the ranch head. What'd you think? This went longer than the women's title match. Um, I know. <laughs> this match was so fucking dumb, but the stipulation is hilarious. It's very LA night Cameron Grimes. It's the same exact shit. Yeah, um, dude. Like, I mean, I remember like, God, what else? Enzo. Remember Enzo and Sylvester Lafour with like the fuck. It's the same exact stuff. Um, uh, this, this, this similar gimmick has been done a million times over the yeah. years in wrestling. And so for me, it's not the match. It's the follow up. I'm excited to see Tiffany Stratton be a ranch hand for a day. Hopefully we get some fun. Uh, simple life call callbacks. Uh, yeah. But yeah, other than that, this <laughs> not much. Uh, yeah. So Baron and Braun Baker Breaker come in. They're going to be a team for the tournament. And uh, so they set that up. Uh, they do a video on Obafemi setting up the finals. Cora Jade uh, goes in there and she's like, ah, Gigi Dolan, why are you in my locker? So they, they start to fight. So that's another match they set up. Uh, they do this interview with Ridge Holland, who was like, uh, you know, when I was in NXT the first time, I had a huge leg injury. Uh, so I ended up going to SmackDown and then I got hurt again. And then as soon as I came back here, I hurt Ilya. And he was like, it was an accident. He's like, I don't hurt people on purpose. I'm not like that. Um, and he was basically like, you know, I know I'm the one who knows how fast everything can go away. And I'm here to prove myself. So like. They didn't go into like heelish territory with this really. He was trying to be like, hey, this is my redemption. I didn't mean to do this, but I'm going to fight back anyway. I don't like this. Like, I understand yeah. wanting to add more character, but it's one of those things where like Big E's career is potentially ended because of this. And then they're going to do some work yeah. shit with Ilya. Um, you know, like for me, it's the whole like, I hope they consulted with Big E before this just because. I hope he's not sort of blindsided by this angle because I feel like that could be pretty shitty considering how much it involves his real life um, sort of, I, you know, tragedy. And I completely yeah. acknowledge as well, it was a freak accident, you know. Rich yeah, has yeah. done the move other times. No one has really gotten hurt. Like, I'm not going to be one of those people It's like calling for Rich's fucking head. But um, I think this is one of those things that it's, you don't need this. And it's weird yeah. that what, like two years now after the Biggie situation, like now they're going to choose to start addressing this. It, yeah. it it doesn't make sense to me to break up the, like I, is Seamus injured again? Yeah. He's been out for a long time. Okay. That's what I thought because it seems like they've really just separated that group. And then I saw bait debut on SmackDown. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's literally any need for this. I think you could have kept Ridge on SmackDown with Butch. Um, do I think he's going to be a major player in the future? Absolutely not. Um, and yeah, this was just like I 
you know, they they really tried, but I I think that this was pretty tone deaf and just not um you know like yeah. not what I necessarily wanted out of pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I like that they brought up his own injuries uh before i think they could have done that without like without doing the Ilya stuff like just him coming back from injuries and stuff like that uh and it would have come across a lot better but uh we'll see where it goes going ahead uh they finally have the breakout finals of the tournament riley osborne and obafemi um obafemi man this guy's a beast uh he, he did some good stuff um osborne did a little bit of high flying stuff here with uh like almost like a stardust press almost at, at one point uh but femi came in with the power and he ended up getting the win at the end um and he gets the win and should surely get a title shot now and uh i thought it was like it wasn't like a great match but for what it was i thought it was good and, and femi showed a lot like a, a powerhouse guy with a lot of intensity and good stuff on offense yeah oba looked cool um I had to look these guys up afterwards in their backgrounds. Like, I guess Riley yeah. was uh, an independent wrestler. Um, you know, so <laughs> I thought it was funny that, you know, it's it's usually like they're used to get the PC guys over. Um, this match, it's I remember when these tournaments were like fucking stacked. And now when I look yeah. at these tournaments, um, I don't know who any of these people are. I didn't watch any of the tournament. I remember Lexus King was in it, I think. So it's funny that yeah. he didn't even make it to the fucking finals. Um, <laughs> hey, Carmelo, thanks for the PLE match, brother. Um, and yeah, this just um, it, nothing stuck, stood out to me. I'm excited to see what Obafemi does. Riley Osborne, um, I really no words yet on him. Yeah, he was fine. Like nothing bad. Like I wasn't thinking, oh man, these guys suck. It was like, oh, these no. guys are pretty good for like rookies, <laughs> like pretty <laughs> much. And Femi, you have a lot of upside in. So all all good here. Like nothing wrong with that about that. And then after that, we get to the main event, uh, which was, uh, well, no, they said that they uh, Trick is pissed at Carmelo. Uh, and Hayes is like, I believe in you, man. And Trick's like, let me do this on my own. Uh, and then Thea Hale and JC are sad by uh, Osborne losing. But then uh, Duke Hudson and Andre Chase, Chase are like, yeah, we're going to be in the, the tournament, the tag tournament. And uh, basically, then somehow JC says, like, you need to focus on your the debt you owe. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, and then they move Riley as Duke's partner in the tournament. And Dia Hale's very happy about that. Uh, okay. Uh, Axiom and Nathan Frazier, Frazier are going to be in the tournament together as well, uh, which is a great team <laughs> like of uh, the tournament as well. And they set up all these different people, and they and suddenly um, – uh, they have the family come in, the mafia people. Uh, they come in and they they call this new girl the Riz <laughs> coming in. And then they go to their car, but then Joe Gacy is in the trunk. And uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> what? <Dude>, I... <laughs> what was with this show? Not here. 
I think this is what I texted you, and I was like, I don't think this promotion's for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god! It's uh, very, so we get, it's I, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't need to talk about it. <laughs> what, what, what about Joe? Joe, like he, he was a deathmatch guy before. Hey, I got love for Sloppy Joe, dude. He, um, have you ever seen that? Okay. This is a deep cut, but since it's wrestle updates, it, it counts for North yes. America. Do you remember that CZW video of the fans calling out Jim Cornette? Oh, yeah. And then they're like, they literally. So for those who don't know, picture a basement and there's like one dude standing at the front and there's an entire group of people behind. Um, and he's like cutting a promo on Jim Cornette. This is like nine minutes long as a CZW fan. And. <laughs> At one point, he, like, calls Jim Cornette's wife or something, like, a fat bitch or something. And then <laughs> behind him, all the guys who were standing behind him, one of which is Joe Gacy, start going, she's a fat bitch. And they do chants during this guy's promo. It's one of the cringiest, most legendary indie <laughs> wrestling things. And that's how I'll always remember Joe Gacy at first. Um, but, dude, it's... I'm really, really surprised that he has lasted as long as he has, um, <laughs> which which isn't like a, a detriment. It's more so, um, you know, when Alex Zane, because he came in with that whole crew of uh, Anthony Henry, Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and he was like the only surviving dude from that whole um, sort of like a, the end of 205 live class, I guess you could call them. Yeah. And it's very surprising to me that of all of them, he's still around. But, dude, yeah, it feels like they have nothing for him at this point maybe like starting to go into a more god like our truth territory i do not know but um yeah yeah weird gimmick uh yeah main event grayson waller trick williams uh work was all right between them waller was his typical like over the top heel at one point he was like i just whooped that trick uh, at one point uh, after he hit a clothesline which is kind of funny uh, it all built up to the end, though, where it turned into a, a you know, smosh type of deal. Uh, Carmelo came out. Trick was like, hey, I told you I was doing it alone. And that set up Ke- Kevin Owens coming in. They had hyped uh, that, like, oh, a former champion was watching the show and he might show up. And Kevin was that guy this week. He he was the gender of NXT. Uh, he knocked out Waller to set up their feud on SmackDown. And then that let Trick hit the big knee for the win. Uh, it was fine. Uh, this didn't have any heat for me. Like to take off the title match, it didn't do anything for me. It's nothing against them or any of the work they did. I thought it was fine. Uh, the finish like set up a feud with KO and, and Grayson, so that's fine. It's just there just was no air in this balloon, in my opinion. So it was kind of a nothing match, but it, it was fine. Like I don't, it wasn't anybody's fault. It just was the circumstances that made it not ideal. Yeah, no, agreed that it's not so much on the performers. Um, like. It was just I thought this sucked just all around. Like, uh, I'll be more critical. No heat for me. This was not a match I came to the show to watch. I legit put on this show to watch Ilya versus Trick. Um, I was excited to see Ilya really push Trick and make him physical as hell. Um, you know, I want to see Trick be stiffer. You know, that was one of the things I talked about is sometimes his biggest negative for me is that it, it is a little bit performative, uh, performative. Sorry. And um yeah, like, okay, so first you're going to take away the main event, then you're going to add a new one with just who was a lower mid-carder 
on your main roster and then you're going to make it for a stipulation that you know trick will not lose which sort of fucks the matchup even more in terms of you know like sort of aura and then like the whole thing is to you know the reason they do the match still is to keep trick relevant and give him a win right and how does he get the win with the help of someone else like (laughs) this did absolutely nothing for anyone uh, for me like all of this was yeah. just bad. I thought it made Trick look weak. Um, like, he does not have the heat again. Like I said, um, I thought he really had lightning in a bottle coming out of Iron Survivor and going into this show. And, dude, now that we don't know when Ilya's back, there's this weird Ridge thing going on. Like, I'm yeah. totally tuned out of this now. It seems like ever, all the magic they had, they just said, fuck it. And, again, like, I, I don't know what's going on with Ilya. Um, I don't know if he's actually hurt. I, I have no clue if he went home for the holidays, like whatever. Uh, but dude, like I just, there's so many other ways that you could have done this, right? This is not MMA where, you know, people get injured and then you've got to fucking do a change on the fly and nothing's up to you. Like if Ilya's injured, you can write something better, right? To happen than this. Um, you can, you have all the options in the world. You have 70 people on these fucking rosters, you know, I just I thought all of this was very bad and is a main event. And, you know, again, sort of grading this on the do I come back? This is enough to make me cool on not watching NXT for the rest of the year straight up. <laughs> like the the promos in this show, I thought were atrocious overall. Um, like Nikita Lyons, Ava Rain, just so many really profoundly awful elements um this is a brand yeah. and then the overall letdown of the main event um just i would say it felt like when i used to invest in main roster wwe a lot and the sense of i'm investing my time into this and i'm constantly getting fucking burned as a result um and this left a really bad taste in my mouth i totally agree uh this was not a good show <laughs> a significant step down from raw but, uh, you know, and like I said, there was nothing on the show that was really special or stand out in any way uh, or even even recommendable, really, like uh, really poor showing for the big show of the year. Uh, and a step down from uh, Deadline, which I mean, the Iron Survivor, you had good, good stuff yep. there. Uh, even the main event, you had some at least hard hitting stuff with Ilya. <laughs> uh, you know, not a good way to start the year. And hopefully they can fix it. Hopefully this is not what Vengeance Day will, will look like or I will be really unhappy. <laughs> Do you think they run a trick Ilya there now or, you know, maybe even Carmelo trick Ilya? I have no clue what they do at this point. That's what I was kind of thinking. Like, maybe they'll do some kind of triple threat uh, for it. Uh, We'll have to see what they have planned uh, for it. Uh, You know, but I I think the preferable one would be trick uh, just getting the title shot on his own. Like the singles match that we should have gotten here. But we'll see. Maybe maybe Ridge will be involved somehow, which could make it even worse uh, at the end so let's let's see I, i'm scared to speculate on this show at the end of the day but with that said let's get to AEW now we're going into you know proper timing right now it's dynamite uh this came this is our follow-up to world's end and the show started off right away addressing the elephant in the room coming off of that show uh which is of course uh well first of all they did have samoa joe on here and he uh, basically they revealed that it was shot right after the match, the main event. And he was basically saying that uh, 
Uh, I'll take anybody who tries to take the title from me. I'm going to hurt and I'm going to take everything from them. And he was very intense and very good. It was short, but cool. Uh, you know, for a new champion, uh, this is what we got. I kind of wish he had had a bigger presence on the show, but clearly uh, this was the, the big thing they wanted to get to with the devil stuff. So they show that uh, suddenly Adam Cole comes out. Uh, he's got new music. Uh, they're bringing back the undisputed and now it's the undisputed kingdom there. And he was basically saying that, uh, yeah, uh, you know, Roderick comes in and he's like, everybody's just shut up. Uh, like he's still doing the Adam deal. Uh, and then Cole talks and he's like, I can't believe people were surprised. It was me. And he was saying he he was saying that well nobody was surprised he was like the the obvious choice but whatever Jack Perry uh, for the devil fans in absolute shambles yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah fish and mailed on that end uh, so then Cole was like yeah but I remember I turned on MJF who's done so much bad stuff he called himself the devil and people are mad at me MJF only cares about himself. And he was like, I promise he's never coming back now, <laughs> which is not going to come true, I would say. Um, basically, um, he said, let's face it. As soon as MGF thought he didn't need me anymore, he would have done the same stuff. <laughs> uh, and he was like, I never needed MGF, but MGF needed me, which is why I had to sacrifice to everybody. MGF is somebody nobody would have cared about until I came along. And you could chant all you want. But MJF is dead. And so then we get to the this part where he's like, everybody needs a title now in the group. We already got the tag titles. <laughs> now Roderick is going to go after the international title. And Wardlow will go after the world title against Joe. And he said, when the time is right, he will then give me the title and forfeit it because he is my bitch now. <laughs> Uh, he didn't say that part, but he said he will give him the title <laughs> once he gets it. Uh, and basically said it was cool uh, that we worked with Joe. Uh, you know, it was nice to take out Hangman. But, you know, the thing is, Wardlow is probably going to hurt you. <laughs> and the devil is here to stay, baby. So there was more to this. What do you think? Because th- this was a huge promo. There, we've had three much of this, three months of this bullcrap that we went through with the devil. It was finally revealed. We talked about it. Uh, you were pretty positive uh, on the reveal on Cole and and how they looked with the suits and they looked badass and all that stuff. Uh, and I was open minded. I I wouldn't say I was, ha- <laughs> you know, I wasn't positive, but I was open minded that this could at least go somewhere. And we were we're at least through the worst of it. But still, this was a huge promo for Cole to justify himself as the new top heel of the company, pretty much. What do you think he did? What do you think about his explanation? And uh, we'll get to the rest after. Just Cole's part right here. How do you think he did? Um. Okay, positives. They set clear intentions, which is cool. We have a yeah, roadmap that was good. of their goals and objectives. That's something I said I wanted. Um, a lot of cliche here. Um, like, just... A lot of cliche, I thought. Um, the whole Wardlow part was weird, obviously. And Wardlow yeah. did roll his eyes when Cole said that. So yeah. I think that, assuming that, you know, this is not a group that's made to last, it feels like. Like, I think that 
coal is using Wardlow as Wardlow is using coal, right? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But still, that was weird. Um, like, I don't know. I, I don't like how he was still trying to fit so much of Adam Cole into this, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I like, totally get what you're saying. Yeah, like, and, and that might sound dumb to some people, but in the sense of, like, the devil is here to stay, bay, bay. I'm like, dude, I just, I want some changes right it just feels like the same old adam cole that was in nxt black and gold with the like dude the undisputed undisputed. yes and it's like those things i think are pretty egregious in terms of like you're not even trying i feel like to, to do much um but again like it didn't go crazy long um you know just in terms of the program i'm trying not to like go too deep but um yeah yeah like like I said, objectives are nice to get, but um, the roadmap just seems like it has inconsistencies as well. Uh, but yeah, I can't say that I am as optimistic for this anymore. I think that it's a very weirdly positioned group with just how many stories are currently going on um, involving the world title, especially Swerve. Um, I could almost maybe see Paige feuding with these guys first. Yep. Uh, you know, Jay White came out at the end as well. Sorry, now I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, this is my ultimate problem with this. If you listen to our World's In review, I more or less laid out how what I thought would be a good way for this story to go, which was all of the guys they've attacked slowly coming together to get back at this whatever, well, now we know it is the Undisputed Kingdom, and finally MJF would make his shocking return and you would have a big super group now to fight this heel group. Instead, what we got was basically everybody coming together immediately on the first episode, which I didn't like at all. Like, th- this is something that should have been something that happened way down the line, especially Jay coming in. Uh, like, that should have been something that was saved for him to be. And listen, I'm not a huge fan of Jay, especially as a heel. I think as goofy mid-card baby face, like, like likable goofballs. I think that is the role that works for him more than main event player, uh, along with Juice and all of them, really. Like, like you could say that about literally all of them involved. But to see – so I'm fine with that part. I just wish it had been held off. <laughs> um, as far as Cole's part, like you said, this was – for such an elaborate storyline that they've concocted with so many flaws in it, this was a really generic promo, in my opinion. Like, it wasn't anything special about it to make it – you know, other than, like you said, he's basically just where he was at in NXT when he was a heel. <laughs> like, at this point, we'll see what happens. I wouldn't have even minded the Undisputed Kingdom. I just wish that they would have done something to show that, hey, this is serious. Like, I have committed a huge act of betrayal here and used a guy who was reha- rehabilitating his life. And I've sent him down a spiral and I've done this and that. None of that was really touched on other than to get to the part with the titles, which again, I like that part. That was good. You're totally right about that. I like Roderick going for the international title. Wardlow's part, like you said, he kind of was like, you know, he was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, like, I'll give up the title. Sure, I will. And so it kind of sets up like you said, they're using each other and which part will crumble first. And I don't even think Wardlow will get the title to even get <laughs> to get there in the first place. Uh, but still, it was a nice little thing there. Like you said, it, it felt like this group is not meant to uh, take over the company for a long-term scenario. 
Uh, you know, like you said, so we go, go in from that. If I were to grade this promo, it would be like a C. Like, it wasn't yeah. badly dis- delivered, but it was far from a... It didn't make me any more interested in any of this. If anything, it just seems like, all right, all that devil crap we wasted all this time on, we're going to move past that. We are now the Undisputed Kingdom, and we're just going to do our Adam Cole group, and we're just going to pretend all that didn't really happen uh, from the past. So we're going to move retcon it, more or less. And him saying stuff like, oh, MJF doesn't care about anyone for himself... I thought that that didn't do Cole any favors because MJF clearly cared about Adam Cole, right? So if yep. you're the new heel, why not play up the fact of how much this fucking guy cared for you and how you yeah. just stabbed him in the back instead of being like, this guy doesn't care about anyone for himself. Like Cole's trying yeah, to gain. True, strength. true. Great point. Very strange in this whole thing. Um, like there was so much stuff that he could have used that he didn't. And again, it felt like a lot of it was to almost like explain and justify the past three months. Yeah. And I would have And that's really him- what it was, I think, ultimately. And that's where the problem Because like you said, this should have been somebody who is a master manipulator. Like he's got everybody on his side, like even to their uh, not their benefit, because he's even talking about it straight up with Wardlow and, and Roderick. He kind of screwed them over. In their own ways as well. But he is, should be like a master manipulator. He watched as MJF gave up everything he used to be to try to change, to try to care. And he found love in his heart. And I took it away in one night. Like, there was none of that. Like, like you know, you could have done it. And it, like, how stupid was that loser MJF for believing in me? And instead, it was just like. I'm Adam Cole. Like that was basically this this yep. promo, more or less. A hundred percent. Just I'm Adam Cole, baby. And it's it's one of those things where we talk about the rock, right? And Adam yeah. Cole has been doing this shit. And I love Adam Cole since 2012 final bat like ROH. This has been the same exact character. And I I'm kind of sick of the baby. I need more. Yeah. Um Re- remember when he came back after his concussion originally? Uh, I thought that promo was phenomenal, like that he kind of like one of the best that he's ever done in his entire life. I'm honestly not a big fan of his as a wrestler. I think as a promo, he's shown in the past that he can get it done, like in in the right circumstance. Um, But like you said, this is just so stale for if he had just come back as himself. Like, let's say the devil was somebody else and then Cole came back to save MJF and he cut a promo like this. I would be more or less okay with it. But this role, you know, needs you to change. Like, it needs you to take a next step. And it didn't happen, unfortunately. So, uh, again, I'd give this like a C as a Yeah, it should have been a new level of evil, um, and this was the same shit. So, like, dude, C, absolutely. And, like, you know, the the comp point or the comparable for a lot of people for this is retribution, right? And yeah. I think of like the first promo that Ali did afterwards and like, dude, this this was just as generic, in my opinion. Uh, you could yeah. have broken some new ground and stuff, especially when you look at how great Joe's po- promo was right before this. Yeah, um, yeah. His part was really great. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame, man, because I think you have a lot. It's a, a lot you could thing. do. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, but anyway, so we get to the next part. Uh, Jay White comes out and he's like, yeah, that was pretty cool what you did to MGF, but like this, that part about me being the start of all this, that sucked. Uh, you attacked me when I was alone. 
but I'm not alone anymore. So Bullet Club Gold co- comes out, and uh, Wardlow like rushes Cole out to the floor. Uh, they come in, and uh, the Kingdom get their love in, and then suddenly the Acclaimed come out next uh, to ch- to run out everybody. And then the big, <laughs> the most egregious flaw of all of this is, uh, as well. So you get this big moment that should have happened a month from now, at least. It should have happened way down the line of the Acclaimed and the Bullet Club uniting. They do that right away, and the segment ends instead of get, promising to like you got thrown through a glass window. I just want to point that out to the acclaimed, and instead of pro, you know swearing revenge that he will leave Adam Cole and the rest a bloody mess, instead his main concern is to scissor the Bullet Club, who decline and walk away. What? Like come on! <laughs> like this whole this whole storyline is so goofy already. And I had hoped that this was going to be where we took that step forward for everybody involved. Yeah. Cause you could make a, like I said, if they had built it right, maybe even MJF and Jay could have done it, but in my mind, it would be MJF and hangman. But if you had done what they did and spread it out, how I said it at the end of the world's end show, you could have gotten a major moment where MJF finds his new best friends, whether it's Jay or hangman or, or finally accepts Max Caster or whatever. Like you could have gotten a legendary moment and instead we're going right back to the scissoring right away. Like this whole group needs to be that this group is not feared. Like that's what this segment told us. Like, what is the reason to really be worried about this group who three of them have been complete geeks uh, up to this point. And the Wardlow has definitely like lost all of his luster from the past that he's had. So they needed to do something. I think they could have done if they had done this same segment, but instead the kingdom had like pulled out some kind of new weapon and just destroyed somebody, you know, like a very violent beating, like again, to prove that this is a dangerous group they're taking over. Nobody, even United can stop them. If they did an angle like that, I think that they could have gotten by with this, but for it to end with the two groups trying to scissor, it was just like, come on. I didn't like that Um, at all felt like a lot like dude they took three months to reveal the devil and they're gonna do all this in one night um last really big note for me is just um i i don't think cole is the right guy for this in the end and i think the biggest thing is the fact that he's still injured i you know and because it's for me it's like dog i just find him backstage and tip over his fucking wheelchair and kick him in the foot like (laughs) I'm sorry, this is an entire roster of, like, the world's best pro wrestlers and you can't take down the guy with a broken leg? Like, what the fuck? Um, I think that that alone makes the group look really bad. Like, I think, ti- like, I, I, sorry, I should say tiny little Adam Cole, right? But one of the <laughs> groups of Adam has been that, that sometimes he doesn't quite look like what you would expect from a wrestler, right? And, yes, that, that sort of is, like, a, a stereotype thing or whatever, and there are yeah, different yeah. bodies in wrestling, but, like, Dude, this guy, you know, <laughs> he does not look like a faction leader or even much of like, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, he, I think that you could have kept him off TV. Um, I don't know. You could have had the devil still. Ah, never mind. I'm just not going to start fantasy booking. But um, yeah, it's clear that they're not, they didn't take our advice. They didn't listen to last <laughs> week's episode. <laughs> I think, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, big mistake, Tony. If if you had listened, I think you would have had a better start <laughs> to this devil storyline. But um, I like the the roadmap they set up at least. So it wasn't all bad, but the I, ending I definitely didn't 
Roddy Roddy. OC, I'm excited for because that felt we've talked about how OC is kind of stuck again without direction. And I think that that alone has me very excited. I think that'll be a great match. Oh, absolutely. Very happy to see Roderick wrestling again. Uh, No neck breaks, at least. Uh, He still had the mustache, so I was wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll see where it goes. Uh, We get to the they did they go over Eddie winning the Continental Classic. Awesome. Uh, Danny Garcia was basically saying he's gunning for Swerve now. Uh, you know, and uh, they didn't go to the international title. Shout out to OC. We mentioned him earlier. Uh, he took on Dante Martin uh, for his yearly showcase match uh, before he would disappear again. And much like all of his other showcase matches, this is really good. I thought I thought he did a great job, and uh, I thought OC did a great job in his role as he always does. Um, and uh, there was a they they did a lot of cool stuff. Uh, they had a little bit of a standoff at one point. Uh, they came in. Dante was doing his flying moves and things like that. They paused with like the slow motion deal that Orange Cassidy did, uh, and that kind of took up too much of the time, uh, in my opinion. But in the end, they were going back and forth. Uh, Dante hits a big move. It's uh like he he did a move like a knee strike, like almost like a version of the the inverted go to sleep, but. Uh, Martin ended up uh, like they did a great spot where Cassidy like rolled out of the way of of jump, but then he just le- leapt off anyway uh, to splash him, and it had made the distance like that was longer by him rolling away. A great spot, but in the end, comes in Orange Cassidy hits the Orange Punch, gets the win, and uh, yeah, I thought the match was good. What do you think? You muted. How muted are you on the scale of one to ten? Oh, I am so muted. I am sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. I was sneezing earlier. Um, oh, first match. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I said. Uh, first AEW match of the year. Orange Cassidy is your perfect guy for it. He is still the workhorse. Um, you know, anytime I see a match with him, no matter who's it, who it is against, I get excited. Uh, great spotlight for Dante. Um, you know, they have been pushing. I'm just going to call them top flight because like, I don't need to call him top flight and action and dread. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's he's an unofficial, out. unofficial. Member. Yeah. Um, and it seems like it could be a big year for them. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, like I said, I thought this was a good match. Yeah. Like you said, I, I love them. Uh, they've had great performances on rampage repeatedly uh, as time goes along. And I hope that they get a great run because they're all really talented. And like you said, uh, Andretti as well, and both brothers bring a lot to the table as great flyers, great charismatic performers as well. Uh, I really like him a lot. But uh, in the end, good showcase. I hope they keep up with Dante and all, all the whole group as well going forward. After that, uh, you know, the best friends came out. Uh, you know, the top flight came out as well. And it looked like respect was there. But then Private Party comes out. And there was like, uh, you know, there ain't no more FTR and even the Hardys. So this is like the the breakup of the Hardy family or whatever that uh, Isaiah Cassidy was a part of. Uh, reboot for top, uh, for uh, I, private party here with Cassidy and Quinn. Uh, Quinn making his return after a long injury. Uh, it was nice to give him a shot. Uh, I don't know what separates them from top flight, in my opinion. I think that. I would rather go with I, I think there's more to 
upside to top flight than private party, but you at least get a fresh set of challengers, I guess, if you want to build them up. Yeah. Pri- I mean, dude, Mark Quinn has been out for so long. Um, I'm happy to see him healed up and back. He looks yeah, like too. another wrestler who absolutely bulked up in the off time. Beefy boy. Um, yeah, good point. And God damn, I hope I never have to see the Hardys on my TV again. I hate that's Matt the Hardy best thing so much. I hate, <laughs> I hate Matt, Matt Hardy, Hardy. dog. Us, I, ne- I always try to not say hate, but I hate Matt Hardy. Um, <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> okay. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, we, we will see going forward what they do. And private party to give them a chance. Let's hope they show out and, and impress everybody. I just really like Top Flight. I wish they would push them. <laughs> but mm-hmm. more um they go to tony storm and uh she's like ah, i don't want to be in new jersey and uh they're like mariah may is paying her dues uh by wrestling in new jersey this is like a new jersey hater hour uh coming after this uh and so she's going to broadway and they were like uh so what do you what do you think of her matches and she's like ah, oh, i don't watch wrestling <laughs> like okay uh on that end so thanks the great champion. <laughs> like, why would I watch this stupid show <laughs> on here? Um, they go with House of Black. Uh, they're they're coming after FTR, and they want Dax to join them. What? <laughs> why? Why FTR? Why do you want them to join House of Black? What about FTR makes you think that they fit in with this satanic, gothic? bullshit group what what's especially funny is like dax has like a little bit like he has a mullet right he could technically be like a little cash, alternative yeah. if you cash yeah. yeah dax is like the most the fucking man's man yeah. like, yeah. every, imagine that motherfucker with some <laughs> eyeliner <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i want to see goth, like dude yeah it's uh, i don't I, know this is a, like i feel like this has happened a lot with house of black Ortiz and Kingston too, right? Where their whole thing is they're like, you're evil and we want you. And they haven't added Hero a single too. goddamn person. Yeah. Where yeah. it's like, all right, guys, let's come up with a different game plan. <laughs> yeah, this isn't working. Yeah, Nobody wants to join you, geeks. So, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> could I'm be a good match, though. Could, could match yeah. is tonight on Collision, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that should be a good match. Um, but damn, I like... Ever since we started this, I used to be a big, big Malachi guy. And I know that you've talked about how, if I'm not mistaken, he's kind of like the least favorite of the House of Black. And man, like I, yeah. the more that time has gone on, the more he's just sort of faded. And I know he's dealt a lot with injuries. So like he hasn't quite had that singles presence, which is unfortunate. But like I'm talking purely in terms of character here. Like, Exa- it's, yeah, yeah. Again, in terms of stagnant, like we were just talking about with Cole. This dude's been doing this since 2017 NXT, and I I think at certain points you just have to go back to the drawing board, Um, which isn't to say the House of Black can't exist, but yeah, at least a different approach, something. Yeah, I like Black uh, in the ring. It's just the character and the spooky stuff and some of the stuff they've done (laughs) that really turns me off of all of that. Um, And I like all of them. It's the same thing. If you just let them wrestle, I mean, Brody is, is a great wrestler. Buddy could do some good things as well. Uh, you know, they're a good group on paper. I just the the gimmick doesn't do it for me, ultimately. And uh, we'll see if that 
Uh, it seems like they're just leaning into it more, unfortunately. So uh, we'll see where this goes. But I do want to see like goth Dax uh, in the future, like come out with stuff. That's what we need more going forward. And uh, I I might be happy if they do that. But otherwise, it should be a good match. Uh, Whichever version of the team, like any of the two of the three can be good, uh, depending on what they do. But still uh, going forward, they cut the swerve and he said he's going for gold and probably from Samoa Joe. Like he thought it would be MJF, but instead it's going to be uh, Joe. Uh, Swore's awesome. I hope so. But he's got other things going on. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. <laughs> Mariah makes her debut on Dynamite. And she faces Queen Aminata, which I know we both like a lot. Uh, you know, uh, Aminata, great person here. And I actually thought this match felt more like a showcase for Aminata uh, yeah. that, that, that <laughs> Mariah made, to be honest with you, uh, you know, and I, she looked great. I uh, did a lot of cool stuff, like good strikes, great, you know, used her size. Well, great speed. Uh, Mariah, you know, she kind of came with a fiery comeback at the end. I uh, ended up hitting the sling blade and then the mayday, which is kind of like uh, the, the Samoan driver uh, out of it. And it was good. Um, May looks great. Like the way she carries herself and all of that, Aminata was more impressive here, which is it, which was interesting how they laid out the match. You th- you would have thought that they would have wanted Mariah to stand out. She should have just squashed somebody. Like to to be honest, instead of this back and forth match where I thought Aminata had more to the table in this in this one night. Even though I like Mariah a lot, I question her Twitter game sometimes with some of the things that she says on there. But I like her a lot as a wrestler. But Queen Aminata really showed out. She needs to be signed and put in a big position. Maybe move her to Ring of Honor. Let her be a big player there. Yeah, um, totally agree on this being more of a showcase for Aminata. Uh, in terms of the squash, like that's definitely the classic approach, right? And I guess the reason I didn't mind it as much is Mariah Maid doesn't quite feel like a character you need to bring in to have squash matches. Like she's True. very much is like Tony's. She's the budding Tony, right? She wants yeah. to be like her. So for her to have a really competitive first match and come out uh, on top, I think at least does more for the character. I liked her post-match promo as well that I think was like a digital exclusive or whatever they're calling it now. But um, I really like this. I, dude, I to me, 2024 is the year of Queen Aminata. Um, yeah. I, my only real uh, criticism of the match would just be the finish. Cause it felt like Aminata was really about to hit her big false and then maybe go into like the third act. But after that, I think it was Mariah basically, you know, countered a move and then Aminata was down. Um, you know, Mariah had just taken like seven moves before this and she just pretty much walked over, hit her Falcon arrow finisher. Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was almost like a cradle shock. Like it started out as a Samoa drop. She turned it into the, ah. the, yeah, the Falcon arrow landing. Yep. And um, I just thought that Mayday, I thought that hit flat. Um, I was not impressed by the finish. Um, And again, like, I think that you could have absolutely had Mariah have a badass finish here. I just think they needed a couple more minutes to get there. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, I think that's a good point as well. Well, We'll see what they have planned going forward with her. Um, but yeah, yeah we definitely need more great debut, great debut. Like yeah. I said, and I'm not trying to pick on NXT or anything, but you know, <laughs> they Mariah deserve May, it after that show. 
Mariah May is very much someone who, you know, I've seen compared to like NXT women or whatever. Like, oh, she's just a Tiffany Stratton fucking clone. Mariah May is way better than 99% of the women in NXT. So I'm excited for the future. I do. I like I still think the, t- the pairing with Tony is great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. May cuts a promo afterwards. And uh, she was like, I wish Tony could have been here. But instead, it was in New Jersey. <laughs> and, and she was like, I wish it wasn't here. And so then suddenly, uh, Deanna Parazzo comes out. Oh. And she's there. And she's like, I'm from New Jersey. And uh, she comes in and she's like, this is now my house because I'm all elite. And Mariah May's like, you know, shut up. And then and the crowd actually starts chanting like New Jersey, <laughs> like so because like, clearly the hometown interaction was on uh, big here for this for this debut. And Mariah May is like you're a bitch, and then Deanna knocks her out <laughs> pretty much. So uh, good debut here. They had three different like the hype was around Mariah May's debut first match, but she kind of got outshadowed twice, <laughs> like uh, like overshadowed twice in the match. And then after the match, they did it again with a different person, but I thought a good debut. I like Deanna a lot. I think that's a great signing and uh, we'll see. Uh, it seems like the women's division's really getting some care put into it. Uh, they're setting things up for the division to take a big step up this year. And I think that's great to see. Yes, absolutely agreed in terms of like, you know, it seems like there's a lot more focus, more consistency. That's my favorite word. But, um, you know, y- you just had a great point with Mariah almost being outshined twice in this moment. But shit, I will take three awesome wrestlers uh, yeah. as opposed to just Mariah and two geeks. Um, True. I will Good be point. honest. I completely forgot Deanna debuted until you just mentioned it. Um, <laughs> I liked her work at impact like when she first oh, she went good. in i watched her work um you know i've kept an eye since i feel like she going to impact for her was absolutely the best choice um yep. at the time i think she she was like you know we were just talking about tegan everyone else she was very much able to revitalize her career and everything um where she now that's my biggest question anytime comes in anytime anyone comes into AEW is okay so where do they fit in now um, and I would imagine Diana probably goes for the title right away, but you know, my big yeah. fear is it becomes another Ruby Soho situation. Um, but I think that she is such a better signing than a Soraya. Um, you know, not to go totally. back too far to talk about Mercedes as well, but I think that you need big signings like AEW is signed big women like Soraya, right? Uh, but you need a Brian and Tony Storm, but Tony Storm used to have great showcase matches every week when she first signed. But now that she's in this way more character work stuff, right? You need your Brian Danielson type character um, for the women's division in terms of like your absolute workhorse who's going to show up every week, elevate people. And even if they don't have a storyline, they're fucking killing it. I think, you know, Deanna could fulfill that role in terms of weekly TV matches, but I think Mercedes is the star they need. Um, and if they do get her, that would be a massive get. And I think hopefully like the biggest side of massive changes coming in the women's division. But then I think it sort of leaves uh, Diana in purgatory almost. Yeah, I do agree with that. You know, a lot of people thought that uh, Mercedes was, was going to debut here. Uh, it didn't happen <laughs> here, obviously. Instead, we got Diana, which was a nice surprise. Uh, like you said, Mercedes coming in will bring the star power and the fanfare. <laughs> but as a worker, I love Deanna. Yep. Very consistent. She can have a great match with anybody without being too complicated. 
she can elevate people. And like you said, maybe coming in, this could this will be a totally fine opponent for Tony to move to uh, for her next title shot. So from there, the patriarchy comes out, and Shayna Wayne gets the mic of all, of all people. You're going to boo me? You're going to boo a mother? A dude, mother. she's the best <laughs> shitty promo in the business yeah. right now. Like, it, dude, when awesome. she talks, yeah. it's like she's actively learning how to speak. Uh, I know. <laughs> it was so weird. Like, it's this so... promo. Yeah, no it's mic like, skills whatsoever you for Shayna. Did you ever see Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah. Remember Classic. the Zoltan people who like try to speak and they're like, hello. Um, it reminds me <laughs> of that. But dude, I was cracking up laughing so hard during this. I loved it. Sorry, sorry. To yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was it was hilarious. Like, I, you're totally right uh, that Shayna Wayne, uh, both horrible and both awesome at the same time. <laughs> uh, so Cage takes the mic <laughs> mercifully and he was like, he does the deal where he was like, thank God. Uh, you know, this uh, Mother Shayna is a part of the patriarchy. She loves me. My pride and joy, Nick Wayne. He put his body on the line after that lunatic Adam Copeland tried to set him on fire and end his life when he was only 18 years old. And then he, <laughs> and then he looks around and he, it looks like he's like he builds it up. He's like, I want to thank the one man. There's somebody else that we can't leave out of this. Because there's one person who did more than anybody else. He was the one who made me proudest of anybody else. He is the one that is the most to thank for me being the champion right now. And he turns and then he says, then it's myself, the one who is the best one. And and they looked like he was about to say kill switch. But he, he built it up so perfectly where he gave this long like promo building up like, oh, yeah, kill switch, the one who gave me the contract and helped me out. But instead, he's like, the one that needs to be thanked is myself. Uh, and so they continue that whole deal. And the crowd chants Luchasaurus. Christian's so awesome. That he can make anything work. Actually, I think I, this would make no sense storyline-wise. But I kind of wish he was the devil instead of Adam Cole. Like <laughs> Christian leading a group of goons, I could totally buy. Uh, and I think he would have done a great job if he had been given the mic in the opening segment uh, coming in there. Because he was great, once again, as he always is. Shayna, well, like, like we talked about. Nick Wayne, he had a great performance at the pay-per-view, uh, being a part of that match, that insane match uh, that they had. And uh, everything was, was really well done here, uh, I would say. Uh, and in the end, basically, uh, you know, he was like, his name's Kill Switch at, at the end, when they were all chanting Luchasaurus. So the crowd got super into this really basic storyline about a guy who I don't think has a lot to him in, in Kill Switch. But still, this is over. They're building it pretty well. Very basic, tried and true, abused monster type of storyline. Uh, and the stuff with the patriarchy is just a lot of fun. This was awesome. Uh, like This might have been, besides the next match we're going to talk about, this might have been my favorite sp uh, part of the show. Yeah, dude, this Christian Edge thing, you know, uh, I remember, I think the whole Sting and Darby inclusion was the weaker part. And sort of just because yeah. it, it was almost like they needed to mix in more people to get here. Um, not so much on Sting and Darby, but 
Uh, what was I going to say? Dude, I, I'm loving this feud so much. I know Copeland is supposed to talk some stuff tonight on Collision, so I'm excited to see what goes next. This is r- a really great example of predictable storytelling in terms of like, yeah. you know Christian's going to thank himself and not Luchasaurus, but it yeah, still yeah. hits. Shayna does the most conventional promo. You're going to boo a mom, but it's great. Um you know, the only thing I didn't like about this was people cheering for Luchasaurus because it's the shittiest fucking name. Um, like, dude, uh, Killswitch yeah. is gimmicky, but dude, this guy doesn't need the name yeah. Luchasaurus. Like, that's just to me, it's like what a kid names his toy, which, you know, is awesome. Yeah. But I don't know if he's supposed to be like a threat. Right. And not like Howie Mandel and Little Monster or whatever the fuck. Um, like he needs to be threatening and have an ominous name, even if he's a baby face, because Luchasaurus, the dude doesn't do fucking Lucha anymore. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, that's true. Sorry. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I love this. I love it. I just love all the movie references you're, you're bringing out tonight. I think you're killing it on that end <laughs> on, on there. Uh, but now comes the real highlight of the show. Uh, and it's not Don Callis joining commentary, but he did do that here. Darby Allen versus Kanosuke Takeshita. What a way to start the new year. The gift that I always wanted more Takeshita on my TV and especially against Darby. Um, this match ruled. It was so freaking good. Uh, Takeshita was awesome here. Uh, Darby, I mean, like I said, even in that match on the pay-per-view, which was kind of not that great, he was the one that... Uh, tried to bump his way to make it work the best he could. And here, I mean, that they did like uh, the spot on the ramp where uh, Takeshita did kind of an O'Connor roll into a German suplex, like the Chaos Theory on the ramp was awesome, like totally devastating. Uh, Darby was doing everything he could coming in there. The stuff that Takeshita does is great. And we all know that, but he's especially great as this heel character because he can really go all out. Like everything he did, like every knee strike that he hit, it wasn't like how a lot of guys do it. Uh, he really made it seem like he was putting his all into it, made it seem like it hurt, uh, like all the strikes he was doing. And I thought that was great. Uh, Takeshita took some spots uh, with the, the barricade, with the knee and all that stuff. At one point, Darby hit the coffin drop on the floor. Uh, Takeshita barely came in uh, at the nine count. Uh, they ended up hitting a German suplex from the top rope. Um, and then Takeshita hit the big running knee strike for the win. Uh, this was awesome. I, I love this match. Best of any show that we watched this week, in my opinion. Yes, definitely match of the week. It'd be fun to start doing a match of the week, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this, like, I, I've been rewatching Kobashi, um, his, like, 2003-5 title reign matches lately. Yeah, yeah. And, Dude, anytime Takeshita comes out in that red leather jacket, like, dude, he just reminds me so much of Kobashi. And this is the motherfucker I've been dying to see again. Unbelievably stiff, unbelievably ruthless. Like, that German, the rolling German on the entrance ramp, like, it's one of those things, okay? Like, going back to Joaquin Wild, right? And yeah, I always think of Angelico and Lucha Underground. But when you expect them to go, like, let's say five feet, and then they go 20. Like, I did not expect him to fully just chuck Darby on that. Like, I thought it was going to be one of those, like, okay, I'm going to roll back, kind of, like, hold him, protect him. He's like, nah. (laughs) He just straight up let him go like he was his little brother. Um, And it was crazy. I love this match. I thought that it brought out the best of what Darby's able to do. Um, This absolutely needs to be 
the plan going forward for the callus whatever yeah. they are in 2024 is callus on commentary nothing else like he's good at building his guys up on commentary um and other than that like dude these guys can speak for themselves in the ring and i'm happy that Takeshita was allowed to speak for himself in the ring because what he said was uh, i'm ready you know and he absolutely oh, totally is. um just great stuff all around felt like almost a squash without being one as well uh yeah so just goddamn showcase 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 absolutely darby was great uh too uh for for his right even even in the loss uh amazing stuff there uh, like you said uh, callus better on commentary because it keeps the spotlight on the wrestlers rather than it all being on him and i think that's what that's what helps this can work like, but, the, but we knew that already when it was just to catch it on callus it looked like you had a lot of great potential there but they went all wrong like somewhere along the line with the family stuff um Afterwards, uh, Callis says, uh, we're sick of Sting being undefeated, and next week it'll be a tag match between Takeshita and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Alan and Sting and to try and give Sting his first ever loss, which I expect Sting and Darby to win. To, to And I'm glad for it. I hope they continue this. I think Darby and Takeshita have a lot <laughs> left in the tank. There's no reason we can't follow this up on a bigger stage <laughs> eventually and build to it. So I hope Sting and Darby win. And keep staying undefeated, and uh, hopefully can build to more matches uh, in the future. Because I think there's a lot of gas in the tank with Darby fighting this group and Sting as well. You could even do an angle where somebody tries to beat them, beat Sting down, uh, you know, and it kind of makes a makes a mark on its own. I think there's a lot there. I like it, but I do think Darby and Sting will win next week. Um, dude, I kind of want to see them lose. I don't know. Um, I think the it would be a big loss. statement because if is it Hobbs? And Takeshita or Fletcher and Takeshita? I think it was Hobbs and Takeshita, but maybe it'll be Fletcher. Because we, me, we, we like, know how fast they can swap people out based on the pay-per-view. <laughs> right. Um, if it's Hobbs and Takeshita, I really just don't think either of them should take a pin. Like, I, yeah. um, if you really want to make these this fucking group feel special, give – and, like, you're totally right, though, too, in the sense of, like, you know, this isn't something that has to happen right away. Um, but I don't know, maybe, you know, what if this is, this is, you know, my only idea here, but we've always talked about Sting or Sting's final opponent, right? Is it going to be singles? Is it going to be tag? Like, yeah. Could we hypothetically, um, you know, Darby and Sting lose Darby starts to feud with Sting for revolution. Yeah. I I think that's the, like the perfect logical end for Sting. (laughs) <laughs> to put over Darby and pass the torch, a big spot for Darby, uh, and you get Sting, like, tons of story that you could tell there. <laughs> I think that was always my pick for his final match at the end, because he hasn't had a single singles match in AEW <laughs> this whole time. I think having that one special singles match at the end would be the best case uh, for them. Yeah, because especially to make it, like, this was all to get Darby over, right? This whole run pairing him with Sting, etc., and for them to go out as a tag team, cool. They were a tag team, but for Darby to beat Sting and retire Sting, I mean, yeah. that's how you pay this off. Totally agree. Uh, that end. Uh, then we get to the four-way match. Uh, still tipping uh, on TV. Brian Keith, shout out there. <laughs> Love it. Uh, we need him on TV more. It was him, Brian Cage, Io Vikingo, and Trent Beretta coming in. 
Uh, just under 10 minutes. Uh, good little match here. Uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, uh, they did this part with the Danhausen stuff uh, and kind of was weird. But in the end, it came down to Brian Keith and Trent, and Trent was the one who got the win uh, with the Dude Buster at the end. Uh, so he will be the number one contender to take on Kingston. Is this for the ti- like one title, or is the all three? Is the triple crown being defended uh, again? That's still yet to. This is so stupid. Like, why don't they just announce it straight up that it's all three titles, or don't do it? Even though it would, it would, that would also be stupid. <laughs> like, if that happened. Oh, Dylan, keep up. Come on, man. This is totally sensical. I have no fucking clue, Dylan. Um, <laughs> Neither of us have any clue. So what I was cracking up at is on AEW World's End. AEW Continental Crown, right? Yeah. On the New Japan Battle in the Valley, it's listed as the AEW Triple Crown. <laughs> so, nobody knows this, what this nobody is. Nobody knows what the fuck this is. Um, dude, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I guess we'll find out tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess we will. Uh, so, yeah, no, no point in going in depth on that, but just very silly how <laughs> they did it. <laughs> so, uh, Daddy Magic's coming to the ring. Uh, to commentate, but then Hangman's there and he's like, I want to fight somebody. Uh, and that leads to the main event, Danny Garcia versus Swerve. And a good match uh, coming in. Uh, they did a lot of good stuff here. Uh, they tried to do a thing where they go to the, the table and Garcia tried to do the, the sharpshooter on it. Um, but in, in the end, Swerve came in there. He did all of his signature moves uh, pretty much to set, set it in. Uh, they built to a big dance-off between Danny Garcia and Prince Nana. Swerve did Garcia's dance to make fun of him. And then he hit the house car call. And Garcia went for a one last gasp to try to come in. But in the, in the end, Swerve hits the JML driver to get the win. And uh, it was all right. Um, you know, at the end. And then they do a thing where it looks like, okay, we're about to do a handshake. But then Nana hits uh, Garcia in the balls. Uh, Daddy Magic runs in, but he gets attacked. And then finally, Hagman comes in to fight Swerve, which I don't like at all. There's no way they're going to be able to beat the the Texas Deathmatch to me. That should have been the ending. Like, there's nothing left between these two, in my opinion. We all need to move on. What about the devil Like for, for Hagman? Why did we do this first? It just feels like... Okay, th- we need to stall for time before we get to swerve to the title and maybe Hangman going after Cole. So we're gonna, just going to do this again because everybody liked that match so much, which they did. And the match will be awesome. Don't get me wrong. But I just think these two should have been kept apart for a long time. Yeah, I don't know how you have like unless Hangman beats Swerve, which is very antithetical right now. Also, like having Swerve go Hangman 3-0 is kind of brutal to Hangman. Um yeah. The way I'm trying to look at it, also, I think I did like this match more than most people. I gave this a three three and three quarters as well. Um, yeah, that's nice. I thought it was good. Like I, I'd probably go about three and a half, maybe. Yeah, like I, I really liked the Nana spot on the outside. I thought that was fun um, <laughs> as I complained about other things. Um, but well, it was just random. Like, you know, I, there was there wasn't a lot of heat to this match. Again, it was just a completely random match. But the work was really good. And I that can, made it better. I completely agree that this was a super random match and it like what I liked about this match though, as the main event is that this is the first AEW of the year and you did not have any of your 
Danielson, Omega, Bucks, uh, Moxley, any sort of like big older guy, right? Like you had this show was, you know, the two big matches were Takeshita and Allen and Swerve and Garcia. And I liked the investment in the future here. Um, you know, like it to me, even though it didn't have a lot of heat. And I was also pretty surprised because after the God, what was it? The the four way, I was like, looked at the clock. I'm like, what the fuck is the main event? Because I'd honestly forgotten about yeah. Steven Garcia. And, you know, to me, I think the statement it says as, you know, these are two guys that we really see as our future. I appreciate that a lot as well. So I think that that's what helps boost this. Um, the way that yeah. I'm choosing to look at Hangman attacking Swerve right now is that Hangman literally walked in and was like, I'm going to beat someone's ass, right? <laughs> and so I don't think he was necessarily targeting Swerve so much. Like, And again, this is me just choosing this narrative for myself, <laughs> and we will see Go what happens. It. But it's like almost blind rage. Like it's easy to hurt Swerve for Hangman because they've hurt each other so much. Um, but I hope that this is almost more symptomatic of hangman's frustration because like right when he came in what he almost beat up matt menard <laughs> which yeah. is matt menard dude i love daddy magic this guy's a great utility player too in yeah totally agree um but uh like i what i'm really hoping is that it's more hey man i'm sorry for beating your ass last week like i don't and so it's <laughs> like we got bigger things right now and almost just sort of like uh you can beat me up thing like because they both acknowledge like we're sort of forever linked now and yeah. it's almost like the you're mean to the people who you love because you know they'll be there tomorrow still, right? Which is such a shitty thing. But that's the way I'm choosing to look at it. If they start feuding on Wednesday, I'll eat my fucking words and be pretty bummed. Just because, <laughs> like you said, I definitely don't think they need to go back. Um, you know, to me, the main event of Revolution, or I should sorry, Sting will most likely be the main event, right? But the world title is Swerve Joe. I don't see how anything else. Um, yeah could be uh, exactly uh, you know wardlow joe is a big match but that feels more like a new year's smash sort of like tv special um so yeah i just uh i it seems like you know now that we're at the end of this show a lot of pieces were placed on the table during this episode and they're all kind of scattered jay and Jay and Bullet Club, right, with the acclaimed, Hangman and Swerve, uh, Garcia and Daddy Magic, who are also getting beat up by House of Black, but House of Black's feuding with FTR. Things are pretty fucking scattered right now. Um, and what I'm hoping is that, you know, it just sort of settles a lot more clarity. Um, so I will say, though, I thought it was a really good episode of Dynamite to kick off the year. Um, this was my favorite TV show this week, Raw um second and you know in the end i'm very excited for aw this year like pre-c2 i was very tuned out and they're still keeping me here uh rampage i don't know if you watch it but just to shout it out real quick nothing yeah, yeah, go ahead. happened whatsoever um what wait was the jay lethal jeff jarrett on this show no that had to be on rampage okay so Rampage, then, that's pretty much the only notable thing I can think of is that they did a backstage segment, Sanjay, Jay, Karen, 
J- double J, our Lord and Savior. Um, <laughs> Sanjay said, you know, like this year we got to refocus. We need to get back. We're on a losing streak. And <laughs> Jay Lethal's like, I definitely agree with that. And then fucking, <laughs> and then Double J is like, exactly. That's why we got to become a tag team again. And Jay Lethal doesn't like it. Um, so, you know, him and Double J start to beef and they pretty much just get into a fight. Um, and so it looks like Jay Lethal will be breaking apart from the Jeff Jarrett family, whatever it is they're called. And we might get a Jarrett and Lethal match, which could be fun. Um, matches, there was really nothing noticeable on here. You had Mark Briscoe with the Hardys facing Sabian and Butcher and Blade. There was an Anna Jay and Hakar Sheeta match. I would say it was pretty average, but if you want to watch Sheeta, it's there. And then um, Commander versus Yuta for the ROH Pure title was the main event, if that tells you the level of investment in this episode of Rampage. So I thought that this definitely was a very poor episode, especially in comparison to the recent weeks we've had, right, with your the Kingo Taurus, um what was it? There was that top flight, uh, you know, Lucha. Yeah. You've had a lot of really standout matches lately. And this one felt like there was nothing. So very skippable rampage. But yeah, the Jay Lethal angle was, I would say, important coming out of it. Oh, and sorry. Uh, really funny segment with Stokely uh, Hathaway introducing Chris Statlander. They continued that. And then, you know, so he's like the thickest, the sweetest. She's my favorite Chris Statlander. And he's like, does the huge Chris Statlander. And then and Willow Nightingale. <laughs> Just so unceremonious. <laughs> um, they fought Kennedy Copeland from H2O. I was pretty stoked to see her. Her last name was Hardcastle. You know, it's been making the rounds. Edge's old indie yeah. name. Yeah. I thought it was cool to see them. Chris and Willow absolutely fucking destroyed these women. This was a really fun squash, but that's pretty much it for Rampage. Thanks for letting me tangent. <laughs> we need more Rampage in our lives. Uh, hopefully they do better matches in the future as well. Uh, but, you know, we didn't get anything better about SmackDown. <sighs> Shout out to my friend Melanie, who was live in attendance at the uh, arena in Vancouver. And how many people were at this show? Let me let me check that here. We got 13,157. Uh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, Rogers Arena. OK, real quick. Sorry. Goddamn. But last night, post wrestling, rewind to SmackDown. John Pollock's internet goes out for about 50 minutes. So the show is on pause, oh, no. the live show. Pollock finally gets back in. He's on his cell phone. It's it's scratchy as fuck. And dude, I've never heard John Pollock heated in my life before like this. But are you ready for this? They Let's finally start the SmackDown review. And John Pollock goes live from the, are you fucking kidding me? Rogers is his internet provider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that oh that was just, and dude, he lost his shit after this. So he shot on Rogers the whole entire show. So I just, I had to include that tidbit. I thought that was way too funny, man. Uh, hey, I love a lot of love for post wrestling. Love John Pollock. Uh, you know, a way all the guys over there. I've been on there numerous times over the years on the Japanese side with WH. Uh, me and Karen and WH did a show in, about a month ago. Uh, love those Great guys show. over there. Yeah, P- Pollock and Ting, they were like I- inspirations to me when I started podcasting. And to get to do a show with Pollock, which I did do one time with me and him and WH when oh, he used to awesome. do the, the, the Perez. Uh, one of my highlights of my whole career, legit, uh, there. But I, this would be like if somehow there was a Spectrum Arena 
and we got to talk about it because I would definitely shoot on Spectrum if we if we had it. <laughs> uh, my, my cable and internet provider, uh, which I would have no problem going off on. But I will save that for now. Instead, we let's blow through this boring show <laughs> that unfortunately, unfortunately, my friend was at live in attendance uh, there. So uh, they talk about Rock on Raw, and they asked about they asked Roman about the Rock, and Roman just is like whatever. And then that leads right to the the finals of the U.S. title tournament. Kevin Owens and Santos Escobar. Uh, they put over the new team. Oh, they really put it over too on this show. Uh, Escobar with his new group with uh, Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Uh, they were there. No name as of yet. Uh, unfortunately. Um, well, it, it, you know, it seems like it's obvious when you think about it uh, that they basically broke off Santos from LWO and he had, and when there was like uh, Legado del Fantasma, it was with Cruz and Joaquin uh, and they were a great faction, obviously. But now this is basically the new version of that. Uh, they didn't call them that on this this show. Maybe they could do uh, a new La, uh, La Rebellion, uh, like which is what uh, Garza's group was <laughs> in, uh, in Mexico if they wanted. But uh, no, uh, they came here and he lost. I uh, uh, Logan Paul was on commentary. Uh, he was, I think he was like high or something on commentary. The way he was talking, like he he just suddenly started talking about their tattoos. He was like, "Oh look, KO, he's got a T Rex. I like T Rexes. That's pretty cool." And they come in, and he was like, "Kevin Owens doesn't belong in the ring with anybody." And then KO just won, and he was like, "I I, I would love a Santos one. I'd love to beat another Luchador <laughs> like I like I beat Ray." And in the end, KO won. Uh, it was fine. I thought there's like these two, you expect a great match. And this was like kind of average in my opinion. Yeah, I um, for me, I, I, I totally assumed Owens was winning. That seems yeah, like yeah. A, that's another problem. You know, yeah. PLE match. Santos definitely feels like he's locked in this feud with LWO. Um, thought it was pretty, like you said, average match. Honestly, nothing really stuck out, uh, stuck out. Um, and I thought the post-match interaction between Owens and Logan was just, God, I feel like I'm basic. 12 years old saying this, but very mid. Yeah, basic, <laughs> all that stuff, man. It just, it did not. It, and I thought, I think that, you know, for all the criticisms I can say is Logan's been exciting in WWE so far. Um, like, you know, I thought the Ray program was fun. I've enjoyed his matches for the most part. Um, but now that he's like an established champion and everything, I'm just, I don't know. There needs to be like, he's very generic for as like, which is weird. He feels more generic now than like he sort of did before. Um, and I don't know if it's because he's trying to play wrestler instead of Logan Paul. Um, yeah. Yeah. But less personality in this one than I expected. So, yeah. Yeah, basically, he just walked up to KO and was like, I'm the champ. And then KO just knocked him out with, 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 with the, the right hand. Uh, so, yeah, that was it for that. They do a video on Orton. Like, all three guys in the main event, uh, they had hype videos for them. I think they did a decent job of trying to make the main event seem like a big deal, which uh, obviously not. <laughs> it wasn't by the end, but whatever. 
Um, basically, they come in and then suddenly a uh, theory and Grayson Waller walk up to Logan Paul <laughs> and they're like, oh, man, I, oh, man, I can't believe it. Are you OK? Please. Like, like we need you, Logan. Don't you think calm down? And then suddenly uh, Cameron Grimes walks up and is like laughs at him and they're like, yeah, buzz off. And they just walk away. All all three of them walk away disgruntled. Then we get to Lashley and the Street Profits <laughs> coming out. And Lashley's like, uh, 2023, it was a down year, but now we're back. We got the Street Profits. Things are getting better. We're all going for the gold. And the Profits are saying, you know, Judgment Day, watch your backs. We're coming for the titles. And Lashley announces he's going to enter the Royal Rumble. And then suddenly, Karrion Cross comes out along with Scarlett, who has brown hair now and was phenomenal in her role. Uh, she comes out, and then suddenly the other guy was phenomenal, Paul Ellering, <laughs> comes in. And then we see the return of the Authors of Pain. So new faction, Cross. Uh, the He was wearing a shirt that said the final prayer on it, which I don't know if that's this group's name. But they all came in, hit the big collider on the Street Profits, and they all stood tall. He hit his – I don't like this finisher of crosses. It's it's too long to set up and very convoluted when you could have just done the move right away. It's basically like a pump handle slam. But instead of slamming him on the back, he spins it out into almost like a, a an F5 from the power slam position. It, it's not good. I didn't like that finish. Yeah. No, dude. Cross is the most – Remember when mid. this dude was like in <laughs> TN, mid TNA and he was like, let me release from my contract. He had like one blood sport match and people thought he was a god. This guy fucking sucks. Um, he came back. He's Triple H's favorite dude in the world, apparently. He's been back for like a year and a half and has done fuck all. Authors of Pain, mid. Um, <laughs> like, dude, What's the next cool? show? They, they didn't run in their, any more scams of theirs, it seems like now. <laughs> the back of WWE. I'm still pissed off at them for not delivering Braun Strowman versus Alistair Overeem, dude. <laughs> That's a deep cut for everyone, but they when they left, they booked an indie show, and that was the main event. Um, like, you know, uh, was I wanting them back in WWE? Not so much. I think that they were very much um, they benefited from a very strong NXT tag division. Uh, I think that if you did not have TMDK and DIY NXT and the revival at the same time, authors of pain would not have been authors of pain and they would have been more in this year. Um, just to say in terms of, you know, uh, impact, um, in the ring, you know, work rate, efficacy, everything. I think that they were very much carried by three of the, you know, better tag teams, if not three of the best tag teams of the 2010s. Um, and currently still like fucking love Chase, uh, Shane Haste and Nichols and everyone. But yeah. I can't say I'm excited for this at all. Um, it's it's very funny to me and weird to have Ellering and Scarlet. Like, I don't I can't think of another faction that's had two managers like that's very that's very yeah, fucking that's really strange. weird. Um, yeah. and then in terms and of why? Yeah, in terms of Lashley and Street Profits, I'm not sure what this promo was supposed to do. I like the crowd response <laughs> basic, very positive, but it almost felt like Street Profits were heelish, like subtly heelish, but 
I did like. Well, they've, Lock- oh, sorry. They they've tried to turn these guys heel for like three months. The problem is everyone loves them, so so that, it's like I, it seems like they've given up on that for now, and they're trying to be baby faces again. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. That's what the feel was. Was like we. It just felt like they did not know what their identity was, um, and uh, um, the Lashley promo. I did like his one sentence. Um, I did the work, but it did not provide the results that I wanted. I liked that line. But again, like it's this is one of those shows now where there's so many people that I also just don't see where either of these factions factor in ultimately in the grand scheme outside of this feud. Um, You know, you've got how many people going for world titles right now, all that stuff. And then two, like. And I think that this was just because it came after Dynamite. This felt so similar to the Adam Cole promo. And so, like the that would say it's <laughs> primary beats in terms of like, we're back. This is who we are. This guy's going for that title. I'm going for this title. And yeah, good point. Rinse and repeat. Um, yeah. AJ gets his hype video up next. Uh, he's emo now. Uh, now that he's back. Um, they go in. Uh, EO Sky versus Michin. Uh, Mia Yim. Uh, EO comes out uh, with all of the damage control and they they bail on her so she goes it alone Mia comes out with the o- OC they bail out um, she's got she's got new nobody wants to actually be around these people <laughs> ultimately was the message we got um, she's got new hair Mia does uh, it's like white with blue at the end instead of the black with the blue um this match popped like I like this was the best thing on the show by like a million miles in my opinion. Uh, I thought they worked great together. Mia got to use her a little bit more of her size on EO here, and uh, EO was doing a lot of high flying stuff, and they were doing some really dangerous moves. And I liked how there's a part where EO hit the German suplex on the apron, uh, looked great. In the end, she went for the over the moonsault like two or three times, and Mia kept countering it. And the last one they countered was they went to the top. And I loved how they kept teasing Mia doing the Styles Clash, like setting up like an allegiance with AJ, who was a member of the OC, obviously. But since he came back, they had a brief segment last episode where uh, Mia was so excited that uh, he came back. and was like, you're back and like hugged him so much while he looked so angry, (laughs) just standing there while she was hugging him and going crazy. And then the OC were like, yeah, man, like it's so good to see you again. And he just stood there looking pissed again. And then Carl Anderson looked at him and was like, hey, are, are we cool? And then AJ was like, I don't know. Are we? And then he walked away and left them all behind. But there's this show that Mia's still aligned with AJ with the Styles Clash, which looked great. Uh, the middle rope version, too. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, but in the end, it was like right, she was about to win, but EO got her hand on the rope. And that spelled doom as Mia went for a suicide dive to the outside. But EO stepped out of the way and Mia, t- Mia took a great face plant <laughs> like it was like straight up like like it looked devastating uh eo pushed her into the guardrail hit the running double knees pushed her in the ring hit the run, running double knees again then finally after the third time being the charm hit the moonsault for the win this was a badass match i i like this a lot um if you want to so this match and then the tag match after i literally had to uh I got pulled back into work and had to do some game testing during it. Is this yeah. a match I should go back and watch? Because I absolutely will. It's got a rating of 7.15. Uh, it wasn't as good as Takeshita and Darby. It was only 10 minutes. I think it's worth a watch. 
Like I thought it was good, and I, I like the effort uh, there. So I, I I will recommend this match. Actually, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd say about three um, and three quarters. The OC thing is so weird to me. <laughs> That's the only note I really have. I saw this thing where someone posted a picture of Gallows and Anderson, and they said, "What the fuck do these guys do?" And someone just <laughs> responded <paid>. with, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> That's literally all these guys doing. Good for them, man. Um, I don't know why. It's just so funny to see like Mia Yim come out with them and they have like absolutely no <laughs> anything on this show. No. No, no, no none of that at all. Uh, so then I'll go through these next couple of matches since she missed them. Uh, Heyman, they have him on for like a video interview. Kevin Matthews was like, uh, or Kevin Patrick, excuse me, was all like, uh, Hey, did you see that thing The Rock said on Monday? And Heyman was like, oh, I saw it. You, If you want to be at the head of the table, you have to be at the table. And to be at the table, you have to be invited. And The Rock has not received an invitation to be at the table. So uh, they said, basically, whoever wins the main event, Reigns will smash all of them. Which is quite a threat that he made uh, here. And he said, shout out to CM Punk, who bragged about being the OG, uh, the OG Paul Heyman guy, which he was. But then I upgraded. I upgraded from friend to advocate to wise man. And they it was a basic problem, <laughs> more, more or less. It was all right. Like he performed it somewhat well. It's just the content wasn't anything special. <laughs> just buying time for Roman and Rock. Damage Control are backstage with EO, and they're like, yeah, EO, you won. That was a great match. Cool stuff. But then Bianca comes in and was like, uh, Bailey, you ain't winning the, Bo- the Royal Rumble because I'm in the Royal Rumble now. And Bailey was like, good. And so then Bianca skipped away and was like, congratulations. And then all of Damage Control, EO said something to Bailey, and then Dakota translated for her and was like, she was like, EO said, since you're the leader, you have to take care of Bianca next week. And Bailey was like, eh. and then suddenly everybody walked away and, she, and like Bailey reached out for like a high five, but they left her hanging and she was like, yeah, great. It was sad, but also funny <laughs> in its own way. Um, so then we get the reveal of the mystery partner pretty deadly come out, <laughs> which is never a good sign for, for any show. Um, and they had a brawl with Butch uh, in the last episode and they said Butch and a mystery partner will fight him. It's Tyler Bate, who's made his re- re- debut on SmackDown, teaming with uh, Butch, Pete Dunne. Um, British Strong Style has arrived into SmackDown. And they were like... Eight years uh, after NXT UK. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly yeah. In 2016, this would have gotten a monster pop. They lasted uh, it, an entire fucking like, Marvel Avengers cycle to get these two guys on TV together. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they're finally together after all this time. Uh, they worked well together. Uh, pretty deadly are terrible, but it's okay. Like the the British Strong Style got the win here, and in the end, they hit a double Tiger Driver on uh, El- uh, Elton Prince for maybe it was Kid Wilson. I don't know. Either one of them. They both suck. Uh, they come out, hit the Tiger Driver for the win, and uh, it was a basic match, maybe like eight minutes here. Uh, it was fine. You didn't miss anything. Don't go back to watch this. Uh, but it's, it's nice to see them together, at least. Uh, another video on LA Night, and then a video, or not a video, they show Ashante the Adonis 
uh, coming to Nick Aldis and the, that he's like, man, I'm hungry. I'm starving. I'm a starving dog. And Aldis says, and he was like, I'm not telling you to be sorry for me, but I am saying give me a chance. And Aldis is like, I don't feel sorry for you because I believed in you from the beginning. Dude, Adonis has been here like years and years before you even showed up. Aldis, what are you talking about? If you I were not watching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You've been the GM for three months. Where, where was all this faith three months ago? In him? Uh, so he's like, yeah. And he's like, I've got some ideas and I think you'll want to hear them. And Adonis is like, cool. And so that's a they're doing something at least. That's nice. I like him as a worker. Like, he's pretty good, honestly. Uh, it's just he was stuck with Top Dollar and like, that act that died. You know, once they took Swerve out of that act, it was all over. Uh, totally down for a re rehat or a, you know re gimmicking of Ashante the Adonis. He's a good guy. Look forward to seeing what he does going forward. Finally, we got to the main event, and you have joined us again for the show here. And uh, what a match! All of this build up at all this time, they wrestle. It was fine. It wasn't really exciting in my opinion, but it was okay. Like it would have been a fine main event on its own. But then the head of the table and the bloodline come out. Still no explanation for why Jimmy is in this group. <laughs> but re- regardless, they beat down everybody. They destroy everyone. It lasts like 10 minutes, this beat down. <laughs> and in the end, like Heyman's on the outside. They keep cutting to all of this on the outside who suddenly there. I don't know where he came from, <laughs> but he's suddenly at the table and he's looking disappointed. And then at the end of the show that Heyman's on the outside and all this walks up to him. Not Mike. You could barely hear what he said. I had to listen in to make sure uh, that he did it. He said, uh, while your boy in there celebrating, tell him that he's now earned a fatal four-way match at the Royal Rumble with all three of them getting title shots. And Heyman looks really worried. And that's how it goes off the air. Stupid finish. Like, what the? You did this whole 16-minute match that you built up for weeks now, put all this hype behind it, to determine the number one contender. And that's how you end this show. He couldn't have even got on the mic. Like he should have grabbed the mic and said, Roman, like you think you're so clever. And then announced the, the fatal four way. Like all three of them will now get title shots, uh, which is stupid. We've seen this play out a million times. It always makes the heel look dumb as hell. You know, it's like you're coming in here and you fight him, but then you're acting like, ha ha. Now nobody will get a title shot. We've ruined the match, but it never works out that way. They all get title shots all the time when this happens. Stupid finish, dumb angle, bad show overall. Yeah, I, this was the worst show of the week. I do not I agree. feel any urge whatsoever to watch SmackDown. I thought that Raw made a lot of steps forward and felt like a new year smackdown feels like it is in an absolute chokehold with everything that is called roman reigns um you know for being a champion for 1200 days this guy really is just a stupid piece of shit um (laughs) everything he does is so fucking dumb um heyman is like i don't think i've ever hated heyman before but like dude this guy is annoying to me now anytime he opens his mouth it's not heat it's just like dude you're just a little fuck like just shut up um really like it's the same exact thing oh my tribal chief like he's just like uh, yeah he's like a a pallbearer that takes himself too fucking seriously um this whole angle at the end like i actually enjoyed the match i thought you know especially getting towards the end those false finishes were really getting me yeah you're right 
Uh, not to interrupt you, I think I would have liked this match much better if the, the finish hadn't happened. If we, if you asked me in real time, yes. yeah, it was good work. I, I undersold that. You're right. I apologize. Like you're right, honestly. Um, no, dude, you're all good. And like, I, I completely agree though. Like the match itself was fine, but the finish was trash, and that definitely brings it down for me because the finish is part of the match. Um, you know, there's a lot of other ways that you could have gotten to this destination and this is the laziest and the easiest way to get there. Um, you know, you could have started this match and had a beat down immediately. That would have not made me feel like I've just wasted 20 minutes of my life and feel cheated. And for all the fans who were just saying like, well, what did you expect to happen? You deserve better and you should advocate for yourself. So that's all I have to say. Um, Like dog, this sucked so fucking much. Um, Completely agree again on the end angle with all this whispering to Heyman. Um, You know, like it was just, this is the very worst of WWE. And I think that for a week that looking back, you know, if there's only one AEW show, three WWE shows, I would say that for, you know, as much progress as they have made with some really cool matches and new characters and stuff, you still had a 20 minute rock promo that was like predicated on racism. Uh, And, you know, a 20 minute (laughs) match. 20 minute main event match that was ended in a no contest uh, because of Roman Reigns and the bloodline doing the exact same shit they've done for. I don't even know how many years longer than the pandemic. I don't fucking know, but it's way too long, man. Like it's in to this storyline, please. It's like Roman Reigns now is like this thing. Like, I, I don't even know how to find the words for it, but it's like the like, 1200 days is champion. And I'm like, he doesn't show up to work. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like it's just, it's not the days that he's been champion for is not impressive. His defensives are not impressive on paper. This guy is a fucking name on a title at this point. <laughs> he has nothing to offer. I still do like dude, rock and Roman is going to be the worst batch of the year. A hunt. They're going to do three moves and it's going to go 45 minutes. Like, yeah, I have that's the thing is that to me now Roman has <laughs> right Roman has become his own fiend and I was going to actually say this about MJF as well at the end of World's End but I, I decided to change it because I thought in the end he did sort of put people over but you know yeah. at first I was looking at Jay White and all these other guys that MJF had fought Pillman etc no one came out looking good against Jay White or sorry MJF and now yeah. especially with Roman it's like the best you can hope for is to have something to do afterwards because you're not winning. You're going to look like a dipshit in defeat because for <laughs> some reason for four years, no one else has ever thought of bringing someone else ringside with them to help fight against the bloodline. Like it's just so emphatically stupid and I'm over it. And again, we deserve better, especially like dude, like, and that this is what makes it hard for me to care about Rollins's title is that again, it's like nothing matters outside of Reigns in the grand scheme. Like everything else just yeah. feels so secondary. And that's because they make it feel like that though. So, you know, I thought these three guys, I'm not an LA Knight fan, but I thought these three guys absolutely busted their asses. Yeah. Um, real fun return matches for Orton and AJ. I thought they had yeah, some true. Good chemistry point. as always. And yeah. Uh, yeah, just very, very let down in the end. You know, I think if we look at, Two of the three WWE shows this week, 
completely fucked fans over on their main events. And to me, again, like yeah. that's egregious. And that is, I just think, disrespectful. And that's again, what we thought we moved on from with, with this new regime in charge, you know, as well. Yeah. Like, you're not supposed to do this bait and switch crap all, all the time. And you just did, like you said, did it twice in one show or in one week yep. on there. Now, let's get to Collision. Plus, I know you got some stuff you want to talk about with MLW. But for right now, let's get into Collision. So, yeah, basically, the, I mean, it, it wasn't uh, uh, super happening, but. They started off with Sting and Darby in a tag match, took on the Workhorsemen. Uh, I know the Workhorsemen are kind of like underground faves. Uh, you know, a lot of people really like them. Uh, unfortunately, it was like a two-minute match, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Uh, Flair was there. There was uh, somebody that was a Flair, like, dressed up like Ric Flair in the crowd. That I think he, he took homage from the Iron Claw, <laughs> Ric Flair, uh, whoever was in the crowd. Um and they did announce uh, that it would be the family versus Sting and Allen, but they didn't say who it was for sure. So we still don't know if Fletcher is in this match or not, uh, more or less. Uh, do you have anything to say about that? Uh, the War Horseman, Sting, Darby, uh, fake Flair no. in the crowd? Not much, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then they did the title match, which they, which they did set up on Dynamite. Um, uh, Trent took on uh, Kingston in the match, and... They did do a lot of stuff. There was a part, part where Kingston was doing the rapid fire chops, and then he hit him in the face <laughs> and uh, bust, busted him open there. And so they did a little bit back and forth, a little physical match going in there. Uh, Trent got a little bit going a- at the end, uh, but in the end, he hit the Northern Lights bomb. Uh, he kicked out of the first one, but then hit a second one for the win. Uh, wh- what'd you think of Trent and Kingston? Dude, I love this. I gave this four stars. Um, yeah, like, I'll talk about this in contrast to the MLW main event, but this has me hyped. Um, you know, like I the next defense is next weekend against Gabe Kidd. So I'm excited to see what Eddie keeps pulling out. But, dude, Trent is so underrated um, for real. I love this match. Yeah, he brought a great physicality, which is not normally his style in a lot of the other matches, but he totally kept up with Eddie. Um, made this into a really a strong match for sure. I would definitely give it the wreck. You know that three and three quarter level for me, four star for you. Good stuff uh, going going down there. They did they did did an interview with Stat and Willow, and uh, they were talking about them and Stokely, and they're like, ah, oh, we don't care about that. We're you know we're just gonna hang out and hopefully do our best in 2024, and then. Hook comes in and he challenges Samoa Joe. What do you think of this direction? Hook and Joe. That is a great TV match. And um, I think if you're trying to keep Hook around, it's definitely a push in the right direction because he's (coughs) he even said it himself. It's time for him to do something else. Um, Like he's done everything you can pretty much do with the FTW title. It's such a tertiary thing that he can keep carrying it as much as he wants. Like it's like Zack Ryder's internet championship, right? It's like character defining, but only really for him. It's, it's a great accessory, but I think he can definitely move on elsewhere. So I'm excited to see what happens. Um, especially because like, isn't the, 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 the red rum and the coquina clutch are similar or no. Yeah. Uh, red rum is the Taz mission. And, and obviously the choke is the coquina clutch. So, uh, both kind of backside chokes uh, you would have. Yep. So I think we can get some really cool stuff there. 
Um, you know, Joe's going to be a real, he, I mean, Joe's a ring general, man. Um, if anyone can bring hook to probably like a longer, great sort of main event match, um, I definitely expect Joe to be able to pull that out. So I'm hyped again. I would say the, the only thing for me is, you know, we keep getting more and more people announced for the world title and like going after Joe, which like very cool, honestly, to have a lot of suitors. Um, yeah. and the thing that I appreciate is it's Swerve, Hook, and Wardlow right now, which are all younger dudes. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess for me right now, it's just kind of trying to factor it in all, all in my head how this is going to happen. And I think it's just because I still want Swerve to win the title. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> if it were me booking, uh, you have a lot of history with Taz to work off of. Taz and Joe have their history from TNA. And obviously Hook's his son. I would have Joe completely destroy Hook in, in a match. Yeah. Like, no, I think I would start the match off with Hook locking in the Taz mission, like getting a very flash pin, pop the crowd, like to have Taz. Oh, my God, he's going to do it like something like that. And then, you know, not immediately like he locks in the, the red rum and then Joe gets out of it somehow. Maybe he stands up and, you know, flops back, does something. After that, it's total destruction. Joe destroys Hook, hits him with three muscle busters, chokes him out. You have Taz on commentary losing his mind. Like, I would have Hook go away for a little while, and this would be the, the way to take him out. Hook can come back later, do some more matches, maybe on his own. Maybe he's a guy you put, uh, we've seen um, with the All Japan thing, Takeshita going to All Japan. Maybe Hook's a guy you could send to Japan for a little while. Uh, have him wrestle on the back end, go away for a little while, come back in a few months. And, and that after Joe drops the title, like you said, we both wanted to be the swerve. But maybe after he drops the title, Hook comes back and is a real threat to Joe. That's how I would do it if, if it were up to me. Just a total spectacle, playoff of Taz. Taz can cut in a crazy promo next week, vowing revenge. I, I That's what I would do, personally. Yeah, Sorry for that's cool. No, I like it. I like it. So after that, uh, we had the new Ring of Honor Tag Team t Champions, the Kingdom. They took on Brian Keith, the Commander. Uh, very good of them not to have <laughs> these two debut in Ring of Honor <laughs> as the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. But uh, we definitely love Brian Keith on TV. Still tipping. Got to keep going. Uh, but anyway, it was a, a de decent match. Uh, nothing too special here. Uh, just a win to put over the kingdom, but it kind of didn't really, really, because it, you know, they they made it like a proving ground match, right? And they even said they were like, nobody's ever won one of these. And I was like, wow, Which, somebody needs to prove themselves in these proving ground matches. Yeah, the the commentators introducing it like that definitely made it feel like they were gonna win. Um, like, oh, maybe there'll be an upset. And then I was like, there's not going to be an upset because this is their first match. I didn't that like been this. Hilarious. Um, I thought you could have done this same exact thing without making it a proving ground match. Um, you know, one of the main criticisms of AEW for a long time was random Ring of Honor shit on television uh, for no reason. This could have been I mean, I watched Rampage this week. This should have been the Rampage main event or something else. I don't know. But definitely no reason for this to be on collision. You could have still spotlighted the Undisputed Kingdom in other ways that didn't just completely, like, in my opinion, make no sense. Or, yeah, not a fan of the ROH Proving Ground matches on AEW television. And just, I mean, Keith, I mean, we we love him. And Commander's great, too. But oh, I, I just Keith. not as... Yeah, just not as a team. Like, this isn't wouldn't be my pick for them as a tag team, <laughs> to no, be honest. 
Yeah, very thrown together. And it was funny because when they came out too, like they tried to go for like a fist bump type thing. And you could tell that they were even off on that. I was like, yeah. these guys showed up. They're like, look, man, you're a tag team. Uh, and like they definitely tried to gel. Good performances by both guys, but nothing really memorable or special here. But I'm excited to see Keith still on TV. That's a great sign, in my opinion, dude, is money. Yeah, he, he's becoming kind of a workhorse for AEW TV. And we like to see that. So after that, we had Bullet Club Gold, and they were kind of like, ah, we don't got nothing to do with the Acclaimed. It was all business. And then the, who else would come in but the Acclaimed <laughs> would jump in afterwards. They were like, we don't want nothing to do with those guys. And then uh, Bowen's like, yeah, but maybe we would be better if we teamed up against the Kingdom. And then the Bullet Club were kind of like, yeah, okay. Like, we'll think about it. <laughs> and so, you know, they're already uh, mending bridges and maybe these two groups will team up. Uh, we kind of talked about that on Dynamite. Uh, why, why I didn't like this going so fast, but whatever. <laughs> um, Adam Copeland comes out and he's talking about him and Christian. Uh, and then basically he was like, if I have to start at the back of the line, I'll do it. So I don't care who I have to fight. Somebody come out here and bring a referee because we're fighting right now. And you know the logical choice. I think we all knew who he exactly who he was talking about. Griff Garrison came out <laughs> and came out with Cole Carter and Maria. Okay, so this is a little confusing. Is Maria not with his, her husband in the kingdom? Did you see? <laughs> I don't think so. On Riga Bonner, she's kind of like because she, she's with uh, Layla and Rachel Ellering and. Um, these two guys from what i understand it's just kind of like a mommy manager i don't know but did you see the fucking hand thing they did in the beginning what was that (laughs) during the entrance yeah we're like it was so weird like maria puts her hand out and it's not like a fist bump griff and cole just kind of put their hands on hers and then walk out like it's just i don't know pretty strange but i try to get some of her spiritual mom energy dude i don't I did not mind this at all as much as other people did. Like it's very Alan Angels, Kenny Omega. Um, you know, Edge said, I'm going to start from the back of the line. I can't think of any further back in the line than <laughs> fighting Griff Garrison. So you know what? This made sense to me. I did not think the match was that bad. Um, I liked seeing Edge fight someone completely fucking different. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's the best part to me. I was very happy to see that, even though I don't know about him. But still, I I like that it was somebody different for once. Yep. And like that's that was like I like this. It was cool to see a singles edge match that was just very different and he was just very stiff. Um, yeah, the promo stuff I definitely did not I, I liked or I didn't mind Edge's promo, but I did not care for like Griff's stuff and then him and Edge in the ring when Edge is like, you know, Griff, you've actually reminded me of a young me. And I'm like, since when? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's that a stretch. very forced, I don't know. But um yeah, no, You said I, he looked depressed. Dude, yeah, when Griff came out, he just looked fucking depressed. I, did I text you that? Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I was like, dude, this guy just looks bummed. Like, I don't know. but <laughs> He's like, I uh, don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was nervous. Who knows? But yeah, I thought this was fine. I gave it like a honestly three stars. This was, was a very fine TV match. And again, I liked seeing Edge yeah. do something different. But it didn't even last that long. It was pretty solid for what it was. I like that he won with another move besides the spear. 
uh, he used their crossface to win. Yes, 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 yes. Wrinkles in the character, man. That's awesome. And it's one fucking match, hopefully, in the line of many. I mean, dude, if he starts off, like, everyone's like, I didn't expect it to be him. I'm like, if he starts off with Daniel Garcia, where the fuck is he going to go from there? Garcia was in the last TV main event, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. going to make other guys look bad if you bring them out here, I think, in retrospect, if that's the quote-unquote back of the line, right? Yeah, and then afterwards, Cole Carter tried to attack him, but he used the spear on him <laughs> instead. Uh, so then we get Sky Blue and Kira Hogan. Sky Blue, the ultimate workhorse of AEW. No matter what show it is, we just cannot get by her. She will wrestle no matter what. Uh, how do you think this held up? Literally, some of the, the ratings on this match are not even about the match. They're like, Call me old fashioned, but I think these ladies are showing too much butt. And I'm like, dude, shut up. Like, it's under a five. This was good. I gave this three and a quarter. Kira Hogan strikes with some of the best in the women's division in AEW. Sky Blue's still a workhorse. Finish was a little bit, um, that was the only thing that was a little bit off for me, just because it looked like Kira landed a little bit awkwardly on the TKO. And then Sky, like, sort of literally leaned her head back, asked if you're okay, and then she just. I'm assuming said yes, and then she flipped right into the uh, submission lock. Um, but, dude, I thought this was fun. Like, I really like these Sky Blue matches. Um, you know, like, if if you're looking at this, again, like, the body is not inherently sexual. Guys in AEW and all of wrestling wear the same exact type of garments that reveal way more of the human body than the women do. Um, so if you're only able to focus on their butts in the match, I'm sorry, that's not symptomatic of them. That's symptomatic of you. So, and it's pro wrestling, like let's focus on the wrestling. So I don't know. I, that, that kind of heated me up. I won't lie just because I'm like, dude, like it's, I don't know. Just, you got fire for that comment. I mean, it was only one guy that said that, but I, I, I'm reading the comment that says that right now. And I can see why you, maybe you didn't appreciate that too, too much. No, just. Wow. But yeah, the, the bias I don't appreciate because I'm like, dude, this this the, the undisputed kingdom match is almost uh, an entire point higher than this. And I'm like, get out, get out. I don't understand what people are looking for. But yeah, well, not that you're sorry if out. I was too harsh there. <laughs> no, no, it's OK. Uh, like I said, I know there was some of that on Twitter, too, uh, uh, you know, talking about that. Um, Kira. She's a veteran, you know, been around an impact being in AEW for a while now was kind of in that Jade Cargill uh, universe for a while. But, you know, she hasn't been able to do anything since Jade left Uh, Sky Blue always on TV every week. I do think now here's the thing with, with her. She definitely has improved. Like, it's not fair to say she hasn't improved. I don't. I think ideally when you're giving someone this much ring time, you would have wanted to see maybe a little bit more improvement from her station with how much they're putting into her. Like, I don't think she's at where she needs to be in the ring yet. Uh, with Kira, I mean, we saw in the triple threat with someone like stat, she can, she can, can, she's at a level now to where she's with the right person. She can deliver on her own. I think Kira is maybe not as great in the ring as stat is, which again, Statlander is a really great, uh, player in the women's division um but that's kind of where i'm at right now you want sky to wrestle the more experienced workers and the ones that can really get her the most out of her i don't think and then you could even even argue the same about hogan but i think that putting them together it wasn't as great of a mix uh, overall uh, but uh, still though it wasn't 
terrible, but I, I can see why maybe people didn't like the match itself. Maybe not for the same reasons <laughs> that that guy said, but I do think that, that we want to see a little bit more in 2024 <laughs> from Sky Blue, and, and maybe to the point where she could be a Statlander-level player by the end of the year. Um, and we'll see. We'll see how that comes across. Uh, speaking of Statlander-level le- uh, players, Serena Deeb had a video uh, coming in here. Uh, very excited to see her back. Uh, her wrestling is very good. She's the type of person that Sky Blue should be wrestling, in, in my opinion, uh, on these shows. Or Kira, either one. Uh, yeah, very excited for Deep to come back. Um, they've been running these promos primarily on Collision, if I'm not mistaken. So, And like yeah. the Collision, it really feels like Dynamite Women's Division is a little bit more like character, you know, all-orbiting Tony. And Collision yeah. is very much like just straight up matches right now with the whole and I mean Julia Hart everything sort of orbits her but then we have Staten Willow um you know you you just have a lot of different stories I think on Collision currently that I'm a big fan of um yeah we had Andrew Everett uh show up uh here the giant for like yeah Andrew the giant and DDT um so yeah, and they were like, uh, and they even talked about it actually on commentary where they were like, uh, when uh, Claudio hit him with a slam, uh, Shivani like gave a huge pop for it, like, whoa, he slammed him there, <laughs> which uh, was really silly. <laughs> like, unless you unless you are familiar with DDT, I'm sure there were a lot of people that never saw this in DDT and was like, what the, f-? <laughs> you know? But to us, it made us laugh, so that's all that matters ultimately. <laughs> but this is uh, this is a gimmick that he did. Tony didn't just go crazy <laughs> for no reason here. I promise. Now, a short match though, uh, and then. Uh, they kind of messed up the thing at the, at the top with the European uppercut. But in the end, Claudio just like, ah, screw it. Just hit the neutralizer right away and, and got the big win. Uh, so, yeah, a very short match here. Uh, Claudio doing his thing. Nice to see nice to see Everett on TV. Yeah, good squash. And then they set up Claudio and Hangman after. So that's I, I really popped for that. Amazing yeah. match on paper and Hangman not versus Swerve. So that was cool. Because um, <laughs> yeah. we were talking about that on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely, good stuff. Yeah, li- I like that they gave us a little bit of a good, good interaction here. Kind of eased some of my concerns from there. You were you played out pretty well. You know, you, they they listened to you. They listened to you on that one. Good, good stuff there. Nello is the wise one of, of Russell Update. Um, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. They kind of promo with Jericho and Sammy. They said they're going to have a tag match at the Battle of the Belts. And it will be a street fight. Uh, so I'm sure that'll be a crazy gimmick match. Uh, pretty much. Jericho looks like he's sticking around uh, despite everything. There, dude. And it's weird how he, they keep him off dynamite. And then he's on rampage and um, on rampage. Him and Sammy did a backstage segment where he challenged Ricky to the singles match on dynamite. And, um, and that Jericho was just standing there the entire time. and didn't talk. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's very weird handling right now. Um, but yeah, I tried to wade these waters. Oh, sorry. Oh, who was that? Tony Khan? Khan? That was actually it was the cage match inmates. <laughs> uh, well, um, like I said, it was only one guy. You, you have to point no, out the one the one guy you're feuding with now on cage match. <laughs> that we will and again, see my I, apologies if that was too intense. I just it was sometimes not too again intense. the bias, the bias. But alas, FTR House of Black. Uh, yeah, the the match we all wanted to see, uh, the main event. 
and it was pretty damn good <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, I definitely enjoyed this match. Uh, I did think the like the storyline coming in was so silly, like of wanting FTR to join. But in the end, though, this match was good. And this uh, iteration was Buddy and Black uh, here. So I thought that's interesting that they're because they're kind of like the least used version of the th- three as a team. Like usually it's Brody and one of the other ones. <laughs> they have equal time. But this one, it was it was Matthews and Black. But in the end, FTR got the win. Uh, they did a beat down afterwards. Uh, he hit the black mass into the chair. And then Julia Hart like gave this like the most goth version of ringing the bell. And, uh, that's, <laughs> and so House of Black standing tall after they lost. But yeah, match. I, would, I would give this one like three and three quarters, four as well. Um, you know, going into this, I was especially because they started it at like 730 for me. So about half an hour left. Um, you know, I was in my head the best collision match still, in my opinion, Bullet Club Gold FTR. So I was hoping for a little bit more of an epic like that. Um, this was a damn good match, though. I like Buddy Matthews and Malachi Black. They're my favorite team, probably duo pairing in the House of Black. I think it's just their speed, agility, and striking works so well together. And Brody is more interesting as a singles wrestler um, rather than just being a you know a typical big man in a tag team. Uh, I loved the end angle. Uh, you know, just also great wrestling, great great wrestling. Can't can't emphasize how good FTR is in ring. Um, and it's it's really exciting to see House of Black have more of a consistent booking on the show. I liked the post-match angle a lot. Julia doing the 10-bell um, salute, I thought, was really haunting and fucked up. And then, you know, when House of Black lost and then they immediately began the beatdown, it made me think of Black and Cody, right? When he talked about how even though, you know, he may have lost the match on paper, he won the feud. Right. And that's always kind of stuck with me of House of Black is that they don't look at wins and losses so much as they do wars. And that's kind of like and I I like that, like they don't get hung up on like, okay, we lost this. It's like they immediately go back because their mission's not done. Right. Their mission isn't to get a win. Their mission is to break FTR and make Dax Harwood goth. Um of supposedly but yeah i like this i like the ending um you know positing house of black is big heels on collision sick absolutely and they continued the garcia and brody thing garcia came out and brody laid him out as yep. well uh these are my two wish lists in AEW for 2024 uh christian and shana wayne making out and goth dax <laughs> we, we need to see that before the year ends in my opinion uh, but decent <laughs> show. Uh, this this didn't have the spark, and, and even Dynamite kind of ended weird. Like it wasn't what you would think with a big angle or anything like that. But for just a show, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I liked it, and um, you know, better I'm excited Smackdown. to come back. Way better than SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. All right, so good good week for AEW. Yeah. Uh, up and down week for for. WWE here, uh, but what about MLW? Like, let, let's yes. get through this and we'll get to the awards. I'm gonna speed through this bad boy. So, opening match. Was I want in depth. Tag. I want move by move <laughs> recaps. Okay, I do have that. So, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Alex Price, uh, you know Northeast Beast. Uh, he's good. 
I like him a lot. Current IWTV yeah. champion. Um, teaming with Wasted Youth, Dylan McKay and Marcus Mathers, big H2O Northeast guys as well. They teamed up against the team of Team Deppin, Tony Deppin, TJ Crawford, and Griffin McCoy. I like Griffin McCoy. Just won the JCW Battle Bowl this past uh you know, New Year's Tony Depp and his Tony Depp and solid utility heel guy. Um, I didn't yeah. know that any of these guys were in MLW. So, um, you know, pretty just flippy high spot, uh, six man tag. This is pretty much what you would get as a GCW opener. And I think that was a theme throughout as I was like, this feels a lot like a lesser GCW show. Um, you know, I'd give that one about two and three quarters. And it's not so much a knock on the match, just that I've literally seen this match many times before. Um, MLW, with the, with the exception of a TJ Crawford. Um, MLW women's. Were, oh, and sorry, the match ended with Alec Price getting a pin on Crawford. Um, MLW women's world featherweight title was after it with Janai Kai, who is brought to the ring by what was the name? Um, Ricardo. What was it? Alberto Del Rio's old. Um, yeah, Ricardo was, Rodriguez. Yes, who's uh, um, Jesus Rodriguez. Uh, very strange. Um, <laughs> I no, that's his real name. Was, yeah, like it was just. I had no idea he was still around. It was a very weird pairing with Janai Kai. Um, I did not think his in-ring announcements sounded as good. She fought Hyper Masao. Uh, <laughs> very random. Yes. And when Hyper Masao came out, Matt Stryker, the constant negative of this show, and I'll get into it at the very end, but he's like, oh, well, cosplaying's not going to get her very far. I'm like, that's not cosplaying, dude. She's a superhero, you idiot. Anyways, <laughs> Janai Kai beats Hyper Masao. Seven minutes. Again, like they didn't really get any time to cook. We've seen better examples of this in Tokyo Joshi already. I give this one again like two and a half, uh, two and three quarters. After that, MLW World Tag Tag Team Title Match. The champions, second gear crew. One called Manders and Matthew Justice versus the World Titan Federation, the WTF, which (laughs) apparently is a faction in MLW that's basically like a Southpaw wrestling. You know, it's like a very big throwback. Um, but the team that they faced was filthy Tom and Josh Bishop, um, other people in the world, uh, Titan foundation too, just so you know, Matt Cardona, Davy boy, Smith, Jr. Snitsky, Richard holiday, Alex Hammerstone and Steph Delander. So it's very on brand. It's very fucking strange. Yeah. Dylan, I was learning a lot during this show. Uh, second gear crew defeats World Titan Federation in 15 minutes. This was a solid brawl. I fucking love second gear crew tag team wrestling from Defy to GCW to AIW all across the country, baby. They keep it second fucking gear. Um, tons of crazy table spots. There was a <laughs> there was a moment where Josh Bishop and Matthew Justice beat each other to the floor on the outside. So they're both literally laying against the guardrail, sitting on their asses, doing a chop battle just while, while Manders and Lawler are fighting in the ring, which I thought was hilarious. It's just like the, the male stubbornness of like, I literally can't stand, but I'm just going to keep hitting you. Um, after that, something I really liked, uh, you know, they came in to start cleaning up the ring tables, all sorts of the debris. Akira runs out right away. I just came from Tokyo to beat Ricky Shade Page's ass. He's like, I need to get back there. So don't even fucking, you know, clean the ring. I want to start this shit now, basically. Um, I don't know if he was that uh, 
crass with his language, but I'm just amping up the intensity. Basically, the feud here is MLW National Open Weight title, the champion Ricky Shane Page defending against his old tag team partner, Akira. Apparently, they used to be the old tag title champions, um, and their manager was Raven. Uh, So that's pretty crazy. Akira came out looking like Raven, has the head shaved, etc. Taipei Deathmatch. I loved this. I thought that this was bloody as hell. Um, like, dude, they these guys, it, you know, whenever I think of a Taipei death match, this is such a deep cut and random to say. But Axel Rotten versus Ian Rotten from IWA Mid-South is just fantastic. Um, you know, they really worked. Uh, one of the biggest problems with the Taipei death match is you have glass on your hands and you need to punch the other guy in the face. That's the purpose. And a lot of people will do that twice. But these guys <laughs> punched each other in the face the whole match. Um you know, they did a glass pane bridged across two chairs spot. Uh, I did not like the ending. Sammy Callahan debuted in MLW. So thank God we're not getting him in AEW. Um, he just came in. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Hits Akira with a DDT. Ricky Shane Page pins him. Pretty lame finish to an otherwise, you know, surprisingly brutal type of death match in the middle of this card. Um, I'd give that one three and a half. And I give the world tag title, title match three and a half as well. After that three-minute match, Love is Blindfolded, uh, some guy named Love Doug versus Brett Ryan Gosling. I have nothing to say about this comedy match. Love <laughs> Doug seems like Peter Avalon of the company, kind of beloved by the fans. I'm not going to knock it. I just don't know enough about it. Um, MLW World Heavyweight title match, Alex Kane defending against a returning Richard Holiday. Um, Alex Kane, this was my first time seeing him. Uh, very interesting performer. I didn't care much for his backstage promo uh, leading up to the match. Kind of felt like a little scattered in terms of personality and character. Um, but his entrance, you know, it's it's an entire group of people on the stage all chanting Bomaye, Bomaye. He leads the Bomaye Fight Club. Um, it was a hell of a scene, you know, to um, just see him come out with all that support. Uh, pretty solid match, you know, again, holidays working that WTF style, which is sort of that throwback stuff. He had St. Laurent, which is the pseudo manager or booker of that WTF thing. Um, yeah, Alex Kane defeats Richard holiday by choking him out rear naked choke, same way he beat Hammerstone. Um, you know, I liked Kane. Uh, I thought he has some great fire, very believable moveset, good striking, good suplexes. Holiday was a great heel for him to face off with. And then the scene afterwards where everyone gets in the ring and starts chanting Bomaye while Kane just poses with his title. I thought that was the defining image of how you want to start your new year. And so that is exactly why they chose not to end it here. And instead, we got Matt Riddle versus Jacob Fatu in the main event, which felt exactly like Trent and Eddie Kingston. But they just actually didn't have a good match. It felt like they went through all of the beats of what a quote unquote good match is supposed to be like counters, false finish, but no soul, no heart. Um, you know, Matt Stryker made comments during the match, uh, basically talking about, about Matt Riddle and the rumors, which I don't know why the fuck you would address that in the first place, bringing him in in his first match. Uh, the quote was essentially, you know, the. The court of public opinion does not, you know, hand down convictions. I'm sorry, but they just don't. And afterwards, he got on uh, Twitter, X, whatever. um, And he said, you know, I'm a character. People need to chill out. And I was like, okay, even if that's the case, one, that's bullshit. Two, if your character is that, why would you be like to get heat on the guy that you just brought in as your new main event player? Why the hell would you acknowledge 
the sexual assault allegations. It's it's like if Chris like like imagine Sammy in the backstage segment like and I know what's going on with Chris and we don't care. Like it's just it's it's acknowledgement with zero accountability, which is pretty much the worst way you could approach it. Um, you know, after that happened, allegations were released about Matt Stryker and sexual misconduct. And now he's backpedaling and apologizing and saying he will do better. Of course, um, Matt Riddle wins the match in 12 minutes. Very basic. Didn't care. I'd give this one a two. I'd give the MLW World Heavyweight title match to three and a half as well. So some decent matches on here. And then the only real big thing that I remember coming out of it is the next uh What's cool also is that this is free on Triller Plus now, and I believe the upcoming New Japan show is also free on Triller Plus as well. So Triller slash old school fight. Um, having some good features on there at least, but the next pay-per-view uh, MLW Super Fight beginning of February, the main event will be the current MLW World Heavyweight Champion Alex Kane versus the first ever MLW Heavyweight Champion Satoshi Kojima. So that's pretty cool. That's my MLW review. So all in all, I will probably not watch this promotion again, but it was cool to see it. Man, that, that's a cool deal with the Trilla uh, getting for, in there free. Uh, yep. Matt Stryker sucks <laughs> as a commentator. We we all knew that it anyway. Was so Even, bad. You, you know, we all knew that anyway. He, like long before this show <laughs> ever happened. Uh, but yeah, his his comments were obviously very irresponsible and, and just poor ideas. Uh, and then he was like. I did like how he was like saying about Riddle. He's like, this guy is a multi-million dollar star. <laughs> like this is a this is our coup de gras. <laughs> and I was like, you sound insane, deranged, and delusional all all at once. <laughs> Commentary. Uh, but yes, uh, but I like Alex Kane a lot. He's a great choice for champion. Uh, great aura to him. Obviously, with the faction and stuff, because uh, that's, you know, he always does the chant, the Beaumier chants uh, when he comes out. So they've got some good, good people on this roster. Uh, you know, they're good wrestlers in there. You know, Filthy Tom was on there. You know, you always like him. Uh, Kane has a lot. Alec Price, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I think he has a great future. Uh, the, the you know, Team Deppin, they had a, a cool, you know, a few cool guys in there, too. Um We'll see what they do going forward, but uh, we see what they do go f- going forward. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know about that that whole riddle deal uh, there. We'll we'll see if if he really is the million dollar star or this cause more trouble than he's worth. <laughs> Which from uh, Riddle, he was announced for New Japan as well, <laughs> and I think that that may prove to be true there too. That uh, got a very negative reaction. Yep. And good on the fans for voicing. Um, their dissatisfaction and frustrations with these people still getting booked. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, again, like never allow yourself to become desensitized to it. So good on the fans. Uh, I don't know if different people handle the shows. I mean, we know NXT is handled by different people, but I don't know if different people write SmackDown and Raw. But if they do, they need to like demote whoever writes SmackDown because uh, Raw was way better than SmackDown yep. this weekend, in my, in my opinion. And they set stuff up for next week again. Uh, not far from our favorite wrestler, but at least they set up CM Punk coming back. There's some interest in what he'll say, like you know, because I I sent the Seth promo to you. I don't know if you saw it yet, uh, but that was a promo that got a lot of people talking. Uh, the Seth on CM Punk one, and we've yet to get a response. So they set some stuff up. What will Drew do is is you know somewhat of consequence. You they set up some tag title matches as well. So they're going places. 
we're heading toward the Rumble. That's our, that's always been my favorite pay-per-view as a, you know, ever since I was a little kid. The Rumble, even more than WrestleMania, was my ultimate jam. Uh, and I love the vibe of it all. And I, hopefully they could build to it a little bit better. Uh, but Raw did good. I was happy we watched the show. I had fun watching even the bad shows. Uh, you know, I'm glad we could talk to you guys about them here. And we had this outlet uh, for them. Uh, Dynamite was a good show. Uh, the, it, it was a little weird because they had so many people off. But it was a good week of wrestling somewhat. It was 50-50, which I think most weeks really are, right? You know? Usually, yeah. And... Yeah, collision tonight. Hopefully something good. So we'll see what happens. We will. Uh, But for now, we are going to take our leave. We've talked about enough wrestling this week. And you have to keep your eyes peeled and your ears open for the awards. The biggest show. It's going to it's going to it's going to pop people like you're you're not going to believe your ears at some of the picks that we have. But we will continue. We will continue to fight on and watch all of this crazy wrestling that they put in front of us and hopefully have some fun times talking uh, and bringing it to you as well. So as always, Nello, uh, close out your part of the show. Anything you got to say to the people, now's your time. Oh, just thank you. It's I'm excited as hell for this year. I appreciate y'all listening. Dylan, thank you. This is, you know, uh, a very much a week highlight for me. Very excited for the award shows um god is there any cool indie matches uh no um <laughs> i don't know right now Aww. mlw's tonight uh shit check that out i don't know maybe i'll watch it okay. just to have some words um okay king of coliseum i think they're doing uh yeah i don't know i'm not gonna go into it but yeah lots of cool wrestling on the horizon i'm very excited to chop it up so dylan thank you absolutely can't wait to be back with the awards Worst stuff coming after it. That'll be a lot of fun too. That'll be a YouTube uh, only video too. The worst stuff. Uh, you know, we're, we're, you got to go to the YouTube if you want the worst ones on there. But if you want the best ones, that'll be for it'll on our, all of our normal stations and things like that that we're at. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. The award shows are going to be huge. I can't wait for them. I hope everybody listens. Tell your friends if they like wrestling. It's going to be a big one. I promise. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to this show. Very happy to start the year off right with a lot of cool stuff. Happy New Year, as always. You know I love you. And until next time, this has been your Wrestle Update.